How's this sound, Mike? Good. Mike likes it. Like it when Mike likes it. Finally, make this guy happy. All right, guys. Gals, youngsters, oldsters, ladies, and gentlemen. What you need to know. There's one thing you need to know. Well, there's more than one thing you need to know. But the thing you need to know now is that uh the best show is back. We're here. We're good. Thanks, Dudio. Dudio. Sticking his head in. Got to legally say Dudio six times a show. Or he takes ownership of the equipment. It's a weird deal I struck. Got to talk to my lawyer about that. The best show's back. We have an exciting show for you tonight. Molly Shannon is going to uh, check in uh, later. The topic, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. But you're welcome to uh, help 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 uh, uh, make me a better person. Mold Tommy is the hashtag for tonight. You can uh, tell me what I should know about and then uh, do. I want to be a better smarter person. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm as dumb as the day is long. The best show will uh, begin in a matter of moments, but let me tell you, my friends, out there in best show radio land, I want to tell you guys that tonight's episode of the best show is sponsored by the D train starring Jack Black and James Marsden in theaters May 8th. Jack Black plays a social outcast who flies to Los Angeles to convince Marsden, the most popular guy from his class, to attend their high school reunion. But after a wild night on the town, one thing leads to another, and soon he learns that what happens in L.A. doesn't necessarily stay there. Boldly going where nobody comedy has gone before, the D-Train proves that some reunions are harder than others. In theaters, May 8th, the best show begins now or now.
What if I just did the show like that? It's weird strangly sounds. You like that, Mike? You would like that. You'd love to hear me the sound of me getting strangled. This guy. What's that? Oh, I'd get creative? Huh. Huh. Yeah. Trust me, my man. Every inch of this show is creative. It's like a master class. You sit back, you take notes, you burn through a notebook trying to keep track of what we're doing here. Like a master class. This is like a, this is like a learning annex up in here. It's like the new learning annex. Is that still around, learning annex? Yeah. Remember those boxes? I don't see them anymore in New York. Mike says the great courses drove the learning annex out of business. Yeah. And now Dudio saying, what are great courses? I know what they are, because I'm smart. Not that Dudio's not smart. He's just not... He just doesn't have the well-rounded education that a three-CD set on the history of London can give you, which is the only one I've ever listened to. So... Oh, yeah. No, I hear from the great courses uh, two times a day. I'm glad there are... I feel like I hear from them more than I hear from the people that I treasure on this planet more than anyone. I hear from great courses. And apparently, it must cost 15 cents to manufacture the things they make because they regularly sell them for 90% off. Great course. Maybe I should do a great course, like a la- on comedy, right? Ladies and gentlemen, what is comedy? I believe it was William Crystal who said. Oh, that guy. Oh, boy. Oh, that show. Comedians. Holy moly. I hope it goes for 15 seasons, that thing. Comedians. Then they make a movie. And they put the Comedians movie out when the Entourage 2 movie comes out. Every time I, I watch that show, and the Comedians is this show starring uh, Billy Crystal and Josh uh, Gadzooks Gad. Uh, where the two of them are doing a, a variety show. And they... Uh, they uh, yeah, they are doing this variety show together. I don't know, man. I'm on board. Must love it. I think you just live. If you find yourself watching it, you love it on some level, right? What's the difference between that and and uh, Madman? Madman's wrapping up soon, guys. Home stretch. We'll see if the predictions on the best show were correct about the final episode of my caller a long time ago. 
predicted the final episode of Madman. He said it's Don Draper on a on a tarmac squaring off in some in like a, in a with the Iranian hostage situation. We'll see if that turns out to be the final episode of Madman. That would be a good ending. I think it's going to end up with somebody crying in a phone booth. Right? I don't watch it. I'll walk by it sometimes. I see it's on. My prediction, Madman ends with somebody crying in a phone booth. I don't know who. I don't know why. But I know where and what. Phone booth. Where equals phone booth. What equals crying. How? Don't know. The best show here, guys. The phone number. 201-332-3484. We've got an exciting show for you tonight. Star of Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Molly Shannon. That's a movie that is going to be out in theaters in June, but for people in the area, it is appearing at the Montclair Film Festival on Saturday, May 9th. And you can find out more information on that over at MontclairFilmFest.org. Montclair, New Jersey. It's a great film festival. All sorts of good movies. Got to support the local scene in New Jersey. You go see it. Nice movie theaters in in Montclair. Tell you, man, Montclair's a good good town. What? Good bars. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good bars. Sure. Mike's uh, screaming, good bars. Okay. Sure. Like, no offense at this point. I don't know if you can tell the difference, uh, Mike. What's a, what's a good bar for you, Mike? Cold, cold beer? Cold beer? Pretzels? Right? Uh, uh, non-pay toilets? Right? The toilets you don't have to put a quarter in? How did that ever fly, by the way? That is, there was a time in America where you used to go, there were, there were, there were bathrooms, public bathrooms, where you had to put a quarter in a lock to get the stall door to open. How? How, how, how did that fly for one minute? I don't know, man. Maybe we've got to bring back the pay toilet. Maybe that's what's wrong with America. You people are getting soft. Bring back the pay toilet. Let's toughen, let's toughen these kids up. Imagine you go to, uh, uh, you go to Enid's and they got a pay toilet. Suddenly you're digging around for a, uh, you're swiping your credit card now. You gotta swipe your credit card. Get the toilet door to open. Oh, what music did we hear? Oh, boy. We just heard so much good music. 
we heard something from the new Fleshlights album on the 1-2-X-U label. Middle-Aged Youth is the name of the song. The album is Free Yourself. It's a great album. Hot rock, man. Fleshlights. Can't sleep on it. Bringing it. Before that, Michael Cronin. You hear him on the show last week, Mike? He was in studio. We did the show from Los Angeles last week. I was in Los Angeles. Did the show from the beautiful Earwolf Studios. Thank you to Earwolf for letting us use their awesome facilities to do the show. Always appreciated. Thank you to uh, Brett Morris for running the board up there. Great guy. Had all kinds of guests. Michael Cronin came by. Nah. Talked and told us all about this album we just heard from. MC3 on Merge Records. The name of the song. Let's turn around. The Electric Eels starting us off from a single on the Hozak label. So great. Wreck and Roll. Hozak putting out these amazing reissue singles. Um, the A-side is Accident. You gotta pick these up because I don't think they keep these in print uh, uh, forever over at Hozak. I believe uh, they, they do uh, more limited runs on these uh, repress kind of things. So you can check that out. And the topic for tonight and the hashtag for tonight is Mold Tommy. Why? Because, again, I'm, I'm dumb. Not very smart. Sure, I've heard the history of London. I know about that. And pretty much all I learned is that London has uh, burned a couple times and had bombs dropped on it, and people there uh, are resilient. And the water uh in the uh the 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 the, the, wa- the water was uh filthy so that's why they drank a lot of alcohol for a long time that's what i learned about the history of london So yeah, I'm not I'm not very smart. So you tell me, mold. Tell me what I should know or or read, or or watch, and then you you help the audience out with it too. We all learn a little bit here. It's a positive thing. And there goes the crack of the beer. Casey is at the plate. The mighty Casey. What would you do if they went back to those pull tops, Mike? Yeah, you'd end up getting a finger amputated for overuse, right? I don't know why. I make him say, right? And he goes, yeah. It's a great dynamic. I don't mean the thing I'm saying, and he doesn't mean the answer either. It's a really great 
really great comedy duo we have going here where I don't believe the the statement I'm making and he is bullied into an answer that he doesn't believe either. Let me tell you about a couple things. Oh, look at this. Looky Lou. You know, uh, look, I've been playing the uh, Michael Cronin record a lot. And tonight, Merge Records has advertised on the best show. They did the right thing. Stepped up. Look, I would play that record a thousand times if they didn't do this. I don't care. It's not uh, Alan Freed. Play because I love it. The Merge Records. Thank you, Merge Records. They, uh, yesterday, MC3, the third Michael Cronin long-playing album came out on Merge Records. And Pitchfork called the album Fuzz Pop made with huge, made huge with string sections and orchestral arrangements. And you heard it. I play it every week. I love it. It's one of the, it's going to be one of the top albums of the year. Already is one of the top albums of the year. Got that. Got the uh, Nick Diamonds. All these things. Got great here. This is where you hear the best music on the best show. Undeniable. And Michael Cronin's uh, no different. That's why I play it. So MC3 is out now. Finally out. I've had it for uh, a while. I've been listening to it nonstop. It's great. You can go over to MergeRecords.com and watch the new video for Turnaround, which was produced by Jash, which is the uh, video uh, uh, collective. And the video stars Kristen Schaal, friend of the best show. Kurt Brownoller, friend of the best show. Ty Siegel, friend of the best show. And Paul Shear, friend of the best show, and more. You can also watch a clip of Michael Cronin performing the song on Conan. He did the song on Conan last night. So you either watch the music video or you uh, watch him do it live on Conan. Watch both of them. You can't go wrong. And for a limited time, best show listeners will receive 20% off Michael Cronin's MC3. Its predecessor, MC2, as well as all Merge catalog CDs and LPs and Merge gear like t-shirts, hats, and tote bags. You go to MergeRecords.com, you use the code BESTSHOW at checkout to get a 20% discount on all Merge CDs, LPs, gear, and the new Michael Cronin album, MC3. <laughs> Yeah, so do the right thing. You, you 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 put your money where your mouth is. You support Merge Records. You get that new Michael Cronin album, and everybody will be happy. Now you know Mother's Day is only a few days away, And when it comes to Mother's Day, that's the day you got to step up to the plate, guys, and you got to honor your mom. Show her you love her. And look, when it comes to mothers, 
I'm sorry, guys, but I have the best mother. It is mathematically has been proven. I'm sure you guys all have great mothers. I have the best mother. That's just how it goes. That's neither here nor there. But the important thing is for you to show your mother that you that you love her this Mother's Day. And you go to proflowers.com. Doesn't have to be stressful. You go over there. You can do this. And proflowers is offering best show listeners a hundred blooms with a free glass vase for only $19.99. And if you want to upgrade to a premium vase with chocolates added, that's only an additional $9.99. Just go to proflowers.com and use the promo code Tom S. Uh, the Pro Flowers website is easy to use. They've got all your Mother's Day needs for all the moms in your life. And don't forget your mother-in-law either. And I have the best mother-in-law as well. So sorry, guys. I won in both categories. Over at Pro Flowers, your order is guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days. And they sent some flowers to show me. And I'm telling you, these things were amazing. My wife could not believe how nice they were. And I got the best wife also. That's a trifecta. Mother, mother-in-law, wife. It's just how it goes. But you're going to say this. You're going to say, no, my mother is better than your mother. We're not going to ever settle that. But you know what we can all agree on? That you got to get your mom some flowers on Mother's Day. So go over to proflowers.com, get in on the action, get a hundred blooms with a free glass vase for $19.99. So what you do is you go to proflowers.com, you click on the blue microphone in the top right corner and enter in my code, Tom S. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone, enter in Tom S. And order today, cause Mother's Day is coming right up and this order, this, uh, it's offer expires. Friday at midnight, proflowers.com. Do the right thing. Honor your mommy. Now I'm going to go to the phones. I'm being told that on the hotline right now, we have a famous guest is on the hotline. Not the usual riffraff that calls this show. Actual, honest to goodness, guest. We have, uh, is this Molly Shannon? Yes, is this Tom? It is. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? I can. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Oh, well, thank you for, for, thank you for calling. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I'm an enormous fan of yours. Oh, thank you. You're the greatest. That just goes with that. I'm just going to, just going to, Put that out in the front of this thing. You can just know thank that. You... Wow, thank you so much. That's so nice. That's in the bank. You can take that. <laughs> so you, Molly Shannon, have done so many things. And I guess I, I want to tell everybody that you have the movie coming out. in. Uh, it's going to be at the Montclair Film Festival on May 9th. 
It will be at the Montclair. Yeah. May 8th. Oh, 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 oh. May 8th. Friday, May 8th. Wait, isn't it? Yeah, this Saturday. Yes. Well, it's this Friday. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I is got it wrong. Friday? You're right. No. Oh, no. See, I'm getting it yeah. all wrong. It is the 9th. May 9th. Yeah. Saturday, May 9th. Your movie, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, appears at the Montclair Film Festival. And mm-hmm. people in New Jersey can find out about that by going to Montcl- MontclairFilmFest.org. Yep. So this I mo- was going to try to come... I was going to try to come in for it, but my daughter has a piano recital in Los Angeles, so I, I unfortunately cannot make it. But I was going to try to fly in for it. Well, I guess that, uh, I don't know, maybe people, you can send a, a cutout, a cardboard cutout, like a standee, like a, <laughs> a theater, like a lobby thing that you see. Like Yeah, maybe I should do that. But I, but I think that the director is going to be there, and I think that Thomas Mann is going to be there, and I believe Jesse, well, I I shouldn't say, but there's going to be quite a few people that will be at the screening. Okay, so it's worth going if you're in the area. You should see the movie. And the movie got uh, had a great uh, response at Sundance. It did, yes. It it won the Grand Jury Prize. Were you there for that? I was. It was so exciting because we really did not know that that was going to happen, and it just played so beautifully. People really responded to it, and um, so we were all so excited. That's awesome. And you see everybody uh, – because it's like you do things in a vacuum so much of the time, and then yeah. to actually get the response right in front of you, that's crazy. It was, it was um, Yeah, it was crazy. It really was amazing. And it played, it played in this giant theater in Sundance, and it was, it was packed, and it was just – I think it was so exciting. And – um, the director, Alfonso, had asked me if I wanted to see the movie beforehand in a small screening room in L.A., and I, I, I was so happy that I had told him that I wanted to wait and just see it for the first time at Sundance in front of the big audience. It was, so, it was just so thrilling. Oh, that's awesome. So you, you, saw, you experienced it as the audience experienced it. I that's, did, yes. That's fantastic. And I sat next to Olivia, who plays um, Rachel. She's the, one of the leads of the movie with Thomas Mann and R.J., and um, it was just, it was so great sitting next to her because I play her mother in the movie. And um, it was just a, like a really special experience. I, I love the movie. I think it came out great. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on all of it. And if you're not in, if you're not able to see uh, the, the screening at the Montclair Film Festival, it it opens in June, I believe. Is that is that correct? Yes. That is correct. I think it opens first in L.A. and New York, mm-hmm. and then it rolls out into all the other cities. So it opens in um, yeah in June on I think June twelfth in L.A. and New York, and then and then it'll roll out to all the other cities after that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do a movie that and this is a, a this is a drama. This is I'm, I, I'm it, look it's it, I did not get a chance to see it yet. I'm sorry, but oh that's okay. Not, well, it's not okay, but we'll accept it. But yeah, it's. When you're doing something that has the like super sad things in it, what, how do you? What is it like to stay in that headspace where you know you're going to work and it's like, well, I'm going to be doing sad stuff all day. <laughs> well, there was a scene where, um, yeah, there was. It, it, sometimes it's not all day, but it is kind of hard. As a matter of fact, Jesse Andrews, the writer of the of the of the novel and the writer of the movie, his mother, um, 
she's not an actress. She just wanted to be in one of the scenes. And she said, oh, my gosh, I have so much respect for actors. She goes, I can't believe how many times you have to do these kind of emotional takes over and over and over and over again and stay in kind of a sad place for, you know, many hours. So she really had no idea. So, yeah, it is kind of hard, but I just try to think about the character and not think about myself too much and, and just try to really just be in the moment of the, of the character that I'm playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can kind of, yeah. do, do you have to like dole your, your emotions out a little? Cause you have to do a scene, you're doing a thing 15 times to get all the, all the coverage and, on it. So. Exactly. It's a, it's a good question. Cause like, for example, I just worked with this director who, um, we had a really big emotional scene and I said, you know, I can't break down sobbing. I can't do that too many times in a row. So let me know, you know, when you're doing like the master, if you don't really need that much crying versus when you're really coming in for the close up and when you need it so that I can kind of know, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do, I can do it maybe twice or, yeah. you know, but I can't do it five times in a row. There's no way. So I think, um, it's great when you can kind of teach the dir- directors if it's their first or second movie just to kind of, not Alfonso, but some other people, you know, to kind of teach them if they've never done it before of how to work with actors and how to not, how to get the most out of the actors if it's an emotional scene. Yeah, that you just can't keep, you're not a, uh, this is not like a tic-tac-toe chicken or something like that where you keep <laughs> putting the, you know, the pellets in and it just dances all day. Exactly. I'm not an emotional machine, my God. But I'll try to give it to you if you let me know when you're on my close up. I'll get ready and know, okay, I gotta give it, I've gotta give it at this moment, which is technical and it's hard because you have to pull yourself into this sad state and, you know, it's like I use all the stuff that I, I learned at NYU drama school to mm-hmm. do that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Will, yeah. Chamber- Will Chamberlain used to have a thing when he would say to the coach, cause the coach, he was like famous for not being a great practice player, like he, and the coach would be like, why don't you try and practice? Like he would show up like eating a sandwich to practice. And then he said, yeah. he would say to the coach, look, you get it from me one time. Do you want it in practice or do you want it in the game? You tell me which one time you want it. I will give it to you either. <laughs> that the, is, yeah. Either this afternoon that's so good. or when everybody is in the arena, you, your choice. That is hysterical. He had very good, uh, like, Basketball boundaries. Yes. Well, I, it's also, I would say now you, it, it, that would be hard to picture a guy saying that now. I think that was like those old sports days where dudes looked like they, uh, they looked like mechanics half the time. Like they were like not in particularly good shape, but they were athletes. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so, that's funny. So you, Talking about you doing things over and over, it's funny because you also, on, you did the opposite of it on SNL where it's like you have one shot at a thing. So it's the exact opposite skill set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Exactly. Yeah, that is different because you get, you're doing live comedy and, um, you just have that one chance to do it like five, four, three, two, boom. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's a very different type of performing. It's like, it's exhilarating. It makes your heart 
pound, and I would get nervous every single time. But it's also like the most thrilling. Mm-hmm. I would say it's like the equivalent of like doing like a, a, like a physical risk, like climbing a mountain, or it's it's that type of adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it couldn't be more different than doing movies, but um, they're both. Yeah, I, I, but I love the live performance too. I really miss doing a variety show. It's, it's really the, there's nothing like it. Yeah, how do you get that energy? Like, because I would be like clawing my eyes out with having to swallow that much energy, and then you have to like, how how do you get yourself to that state where you can just be and pace yourself? Is that just is that just practice gets you there? Because no, not really. I mean, because I don't even think practice you know does anything. It never makes that kind of that 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 fear go away. I, I mean, personally, I don't think, like, even if I do talk shows or whatever, I always get, like, my heart starts pounding, and I always feel kind of nervous, but I think it's just because I'm, you know, passionate about my work, and I want to, you know, make people happy or entertain people or please people, so I never really get rid of that feeling. No matter how much you practice, I still feel that nervousness for live performance, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, don't, do, do you feel that way doing, um, your show, like, do you get do you get nervous? Is it different doing a podcast versus live performing? Do, do you feel that way well, I before, like, before you start a show? I like do. That's what I like about this show is this is like we don't pre-record this. This is happening now. This is a live show, and we have live phones and everything coming in. We built a radio studio here so that the show is it's like the live thing, and it's not pre-recorded. So yeah, we're in the moment now. That's amazing. I like now it. I'm getting really nervous. Oh, stop. You are not getting nervous. There's you it's it's me and it's this guy Mike who screens calls for me who you got to see this guy. You know what? I don't even want to tell you about this guy. He's out there. Aww. He makes me bring him Coors Light to do the show. <laughs> I and, love it. And I hear oh the crack God, of the can. Terrible. Yeah. So isn't yeah. it funny about SNL Molly Shannon that it's like there's this strange nostalgia that goes on with it where everybody's always like – like they always say, oh, I wish the show – remember how great it was five years ago when these people were on it? And then it like happens every time – then then five years later, they're nostalgic for the people who happened five years – you know what I mean? Like it always – Exactly. Everybody's got this thing where they're just like, oh, man, what happened to the good old days when – Will Forte was on the show and all these people like, no, but you guys were complaining about that when he was on. You were saying what happened in the good old days when Molly Shannon was on the show. And it's, but it's like, it is, it is the, the culture of SNL, I think is something that is eternally fascinating because you have to go do this thing. Like there's actually, it's not a concept. When you're working there, you actually have to make the show. But for people at home, it's this larger, it's this larger thing that embodies just, you know, decades of, of, of memories and work and all their favorite things all in one thing. But yeah. you actually have to build another brick on that every week. Yeah. But it's, it, it is so interesting what you're saying because people do always say that. They're like, oh, I liked it better then. And, so I really can't imagine what Lauren Michaels must think because he's been around for almost the whole time. I mean, he did have a little period where he wasn't there, but I think he just knows how it goes through cycles and it has its ups and down periods because he's seen it the whole time. So yeah. 
and lived it and seen all these different casts and lived through it. So I, I would be curious what his theory is about that. Mm-hmm. But I think I think people just like like to laugh and they want to feel good, and so they they really care about comedy. And it's it's, it's just like a sweet feeling if they do get mad or don't like it or miss the old performers. It's like they feel like a sense of ownership. I think. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Ultimately, it, it's worked its way into people's lives at to such a deep level that they yeah. there's some proprietary quality to it where they're like this is my saturday night live or those guys yeah. were that was my cast and then but they always modify it everybody ends up loving all the casts and then except for but then they feel like when well, i watch it what happened to the good old days it's like oh People got people got to click it down a couple notches, I guess. Ultimately. That is so funny. And meanwhile, when we first started, like I remember Will Ferrell and me and Sherry O'Terry, I remember the the critics were so hard on this. They were they were really hard, and we did not get good reviews. And I remember thinking, huh. I remember Will Ferrell in Entertainment Weekly was voted, voted least favorite newcomer, worst newcomer, and he hung the review up on his door. So people were really very hard on us, and I, I thought, and that, I remember thinking, oh God, I don't agree with this at all. I think these people are so good and mm-hmm. funny, and I felt like the press hadn't kind of caught up to our group, because I felt like we were going to really do a great job, you know? Yeah, but it's a matter of, it's a matter of waiting for people to catch up sometimes to what you're doing, and then, they need to they need to understand it and like per- comic personas are hard to instantly relate to especially really kind of strong ones it's hard it's cuz cuz once they're in once you're on the, their side you're all the way in with them but i feel like it's kind maybe it's a testament to to just to to what it takes to to break through to 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 get all the way into somebody's uh heart that that they don't, you know, if you're if you're wishy washy, people can understand that within the first couple seconds. But it's hard it's hard to want to like. I remember the the because you came in during a transitional stretch, like you came in halfway through a season, right? I did. I came in. I started with the old group, like I started with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and um, Tim Meadows, Chris Elliott. Um, Mark McKinney, it was like a completely different group. Mm-hmm. And then that group, many of them left, except for like me, Norm MacDonald, David Spade, Tim Meadows. There was like a handful of us that left, but Farley, Sandler, they all left. So, and Mike Myers. So, so I really saw the two different groups. Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me just turn that off. So basically, yeah, so it was really interesting to kind of have that experience of the two different casts. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're watching that kind of rebuilding go on a little bit. Like that. Exactly. I really was. Yeah, because at the time that I came on, there was this big article that had come out. It was on the cover of New York um, Magazine. This reporter had done a story on the show, and I think, I, I'm not sure, but I think Lauren thought he was like a friend of the show's, and then he did this scathing, you know, article on Saturday Night Live, and they set Chris Farley up, and they did a photo shoot with him, and they used like a, a photo of Chris Farley with a TV on his head, and the, and the, it was the cover of the magazine, and it said Saturday Night Dead, mm-hmm. and it was just terrible. And Lauren was really, you know, obviously upset. And um, so that's when I started. It was like the old regime with the with the new regime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you did, you had so many awesome characters. Obviously, no, we don't even need to say that. But one thing I've always wanted to 
ask you. You know the the joyologist character, right? Is there? Yeah. Is there yeah. an Anne Margaret component to that voice? That's so funny. No, I, I never really. No, I do love Anne Margaret, but there there really wasn't. It's basically like. Um, a female version of my father. My father was, he would get, uh, he would get really excited and, and happy about things, kind of a little manicky, like, oh, Molly. So it's, and then he could also get very <laughs> down and depressed. He would kind of have the two moods. So it's a little bit of me imitating my dad in a slightly manic state. But I did the character, <laughs> but I did it as a woman. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then it's also like based on, um, uh, uh, women, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, kind of my dad. Yeah, my dad in a very, like, feeling, like, overjoyed about life. Uh-huh. Dad on yeah. the upswing. Yeah. Yeah, dad on the upswing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we have Molly Shannon for a, a couple more minutes, and we'll let you get back to your busy night. And... Oh, please, I'm having fun. Oh, okay. Now... <laughs> When you so you went to you said you went to you went to NYU drama school. I did, yes, uh huh. And um, I I lived in New York City, and my sister, as a matter of fact, used to live in Summit, so I know Summit, New Jersey, really well. I was I was always visiting. It's so pretty there. I love it. Oh, I I worked in Summit for so much of my life. I worked in Summit. You 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 did did you work at a music store? Yeah, I did actually. Like who, did did they sell them? instruments or just sheet music? Oh, they sold sheet music and instruments. Why? Who told that's you this? That's so cool. Did somebody tell you well, that? I don't know. I did my research. Oh, no. That's horrifying. <laughs> I feel like the spotlight has shifted over to me now. You're, you're, oh, no. Yes, I did I sell. I paths they have crossed in Summit, New Jersey, because I was there a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, kind of think if I ever came into your store. So wait, oh. when did you work there? During what, what? What I, I worked there for a long time, and, and and then there was a point where I said, "I'm never going back to Summit, New Jersey, ever again." I've been here for I was there for all of the '90s, probably, and then I was like, wow. as a kid working there and and into my 20s, and then I'm like, "I'm never going back. I'm done with Summit." And then I started writing on a, a, a TV show. Uh, the show Monk, and then that was yeah, oh, it's a great show. Well, th- thank you. I was there for the. We, yeah. we, I wrote on it for the run, and then it was like, well, the offices are going to be in Summit, New Jersey. Is where because the guy who created the show, Andy Breckman, uh, lived in the area and wanted to to do it there. So I was back in Summit for another for eight years. I was back again. So. Oh my god, and Andy is a Saturday Night Live writer. Yes, Andy was on, uh, SNL in the 80s. So he was, he was there for a lot of the, he saw a lot of transition also. So yeah, I worked that with Andy so, for years. That is so good. So, it's so interesting. Yeah. Well, that is so cool. People, people love that show. Did you have fun writing on Monk? Yeah, I did. It was, it was, uh, I I learned a million things working on it, and when you work on something for for a long time, you get to it's it's interesting to see the the shape of something year after year, and and what it takes to keep a thing going, and 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 trying to keep injecting uh, energy and things into it. And I mean, how many years were you on SNL? 
Total. I did it for um, I did it for six seasons, and okay. yeah, I feel the same way. Like I I really had fun, but by the time I left, I was really ready to just pass the baton to other comedians. And I feel like yeah, you get I, I I wanted to leave on a good note when I was still really enjoying it and feeling like I was coming up with stuff. I didn't want to overstay my welcome. Mm-hmm. So so six seasons seemed pretty good. Yeah, six is that's a that's a because you make your mark and then you. Yeah. Say goodbye. And I remember you did schools out on your final episode. Right? Oh yeah, you remember that? Yes. I remember that. That's so sweet. Yeah, my friend Scott Wainio wrote that and uh it was just so fun to do that. God, that's so sweet. Nobody has ever brought that up. Well So thank you, Tom. Of course. I'm so impressed that you remember that. I pay attention to the I wasn't kidding oh, when I said I'm a fan. I'm Oh, my God. And wait, I wanted to say one thing. You know, our producer, Nora Skinner, is from Montclair, New Jersey. So she'll be at the, she will be at the big screening on Saturday, too, and she's the best. Okay. So every, if you are in yeah. New Jersey, you really should go on uh, Saturday the 9th to, uh, to see the screening of uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl at the Montclair Film Festival. Um, uh, yeah, I would definitely go, Tom, if I were in town if it wasn't for this piano recital <laughs> exactly if it wasn't for that i would be there you're just going to be staring at that piano saying if only <laughs> it wasn't for that i'd be in montclair right now well <laughs> it's, it's true well molly shannon i'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions and then i will uh, uh let you get on with with your night. Um, okay. Let's see here. What is the dumbest purchase you've ever made? The dumbest purchase. Ooh, this is fun. Um, okay, I have to think really fast. Rapid fire. Um, dumbest purchase I've ever made. Um, shoot. Hold on. Can we go back to that one? I didn't think of something okay. off the top of my head. All right. Okay. Let's see. Uh, boo, 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 boo. Who doesn't get their just desserts? Who doesn't get their just desserts? What does that mean? What do you mean? Who's not getting, who doesn't get the acclaim they deserve? Oh, I thought you said who doesn't get just dessert. Oh. <laughs> like, what is that? Who doesn't oh. get the acclaim they deserve? Um, let me think here. Um, uh, oh, you know what? I really love the kid in Whiplash. I felt like. He should have been nominated for an Oscar, too, so that kind of bothered me. Miles Teller, I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, of course I love the guy who won, but I was like, Miles Teller was just as good, and I felt like he should have been nominated, too. So I, I didn't like that. I thought okay. When I saw the movie, I was like, yeah. All right, Miles Teller. Now, another question. Let's yeah. see here. What's the most embarrassing thing you've said to a celebrity? Um, I saw Kathy Bates at a Starbucks, and I thought, I was like, oh, I recognize you're not realizing it was Kathy Bates, and I thought she was my friend. And I was like, hey, and I went up and gave her a hug, and then I realized, oh, my God, this is Kathy Bates, and I think I know her. And you know, you would think, <laughs> because I'm an actress, that I would know that, because that happens to me with strangers, where people think they've gone to school with me, or they think they're friends with me, and then they're like, oh, that's right, it's Molly Shannon. So mm-hmm. that was very embarrassing. Yeah, you just couldn't help yourself. And that does not yeah. give anyone permission. That is a lesson to everybody. Don't just, you can't just hug people just because you've seen them on your television. Just. No, you, 
<laughs> well, people do do that. For some reason, there's a thing where they, because they see you in their living room, they want to give you a hug. It's more intimate than the movies if you're on TV. Mm-hmm. People really feel like they know you, I think, because you're in their living room. Sure, because you've invited yeah. them into your house. Exactly, yeah. All right, another question. Enough with this nerd stuff, right? No, I like all these questions. Oh, no, no, enough with nerd stuff in general, like... You know, every every movie's like a nerd movie now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like enough like, with like the animation. Enough with it. Yeah, enough yeah. with it. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Enough with the nerd stuff. Come on, yeah. Tom. Come on. I'm not the one green lighting these things. Don't yell at me. <laughs> what Thank God. What's the longest you've yeah. ever gone without sleeping? Um, not long. Just a, a, a one night, I would say. Okay. And I had I had a, ahead, I, I panicked sometimes when I when I had to wake up early for movies. So there was I was doing the Music Man with Matthew Broderick, and I had a five a.m. pickup. This driver was going to pick me up to go work for the day, and I kept looking at my clock, and it was like one a.m., two a.m., three a.m., four a.m., and I never fell asleep. And then five a.m. the phone rang, and I was like, oh, I saw the sun coming up, and but I got over my fear of of uh, not sleeping at all because I realized, oh, you could go perform and work for the whole day, and it doesn't matter if you haven't slept. I felt completely fine. So now I don't worry if I don't get any sleep. And, I, and if I only get an hour, I don't worry. I never take sleeping pills. I just I just go to work on no sleep and I'm totally fine. Yeah, good. That's the healthy way yeah. to do it. Yeah, it got me over my fear. You can still function on no sleep as long as it's not a couple days in a row. But one day, no problem. Okay. Now let's go back to yeah. that final question. What was the one that you didn't know the answer to? The worst Purchase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say, um, okay, let me think here. The worst purchase. I'm going to say, um, um, God, that is so hard. I don't buy that much stuff. You know what? I, I just, in general, I buy clothes a lot online, and mm-hmm. it never works. They, they, it's never the same. So just in general, I stop doing that. So most of the clothing that I bought online, I always have to mail back. So I spent, I wasted a lot of money doing that. Okay. That's a, even yeah. that's a sensible answer. It's yeah. not like you bought yeah. a statue of yourself or anything. Nothing, no, nothing like that. Yeah, nothing troubling. <laughs> that would be the most no, troubling no. purchase. Well, yes. one final question is what is the most popular movie that you've never seen? I've never seen Apocalypse Now. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I would like to see it, and I'd All like right. to see the making of it. That that um that the hearts that, of darkness. Um, yeah, I would love to see that too. So that's a big popular one I've never seen. All right, that's a that's a great answer. Yeah. Thank yeah. Molly Shannon. Thank you so much. I'm such a big fan of yours, and I appreciate you taking the time to call in and talk about all these things and congratulations on all the success of the movie and people can see me and Earl and the dying girl in June when it starts rolling out in theaters. But if you're in New Jersey, go to the Montclair film festival this Saturday, May 9th, and there'll be all sorts of people from the movie on hand. And you can find out about that over at Montclair org. Thank you so much.
Molly. I appreciate Tom, it. Tom, thank you so much. You're so generous, and you're a gentleman, and you're awfully funny and sweet. And I want to say, Mike, enjoy your beer. And it was a pleasure oh, to your show. That's going to make him. I'm going to. He's going to. That he'll be. He'll be rubbing that in my face for another a year now. That you told him to enjoy his beer. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Molly. Okay, good. Take care. Okay, bye, Tom. Okay, right, bye. bye. How do you like that, Mike? She's, that was awesome. How nice is... What's that? Yeah, you got a soundbite. I'm deleting it, though, unfortunately. Not saving that. Someone, studio, delete that. Pull that out. That'll be our Nixon tapes. Where'd the, where'd the 15 seconds go? Of Mike getting complimented by Molly Shannon. That's a great. She seems like the nicest person ever. Mike's now saying how he saw her in a Tower Records. Okay. Tower. Yeah, oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, well, that's what a what Mike Mike let her shop. <laughs> I let her shop. Oh, guys, let's go to the phones, take a few calls, have a few laughs. And remember, Mold Tommy is the hashtag tonight if you uh, have anything you want to uh, say. Do you listen to audiobooks ever, Mike? Not really. Say in the car I'll listen to them. I'm listening to this one now. This Michael Jordan book, uh, written by, uh, that dude who did all the basketball book. He does, he does, he's done so many basketball things. Uh, Ken Weatherwax, what's his name? No, that's Pugsley from Roland Lazenby. He's done so many great basketball books. Um, but he did this Michael Jordan, uh, one. And hearing it, the one thing you don't want to hear when you listen to an audiobook about a basketball player, you don't want to hear this sentence. Because you know you're a ways off from actual good stories when you hear this sentence. The year was 1891. Wait, who is this about? That's like the start of a, of a, of the book. The year was 1891. It's like, oh boy, how long is it till they start talking about Michael Jordan on this thing? Hear about his grandfather. Yeah, unless his grandfather uh, uh, played. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about his grandfather. The year was 1891. Oh, and then you can't flip. It's not like a book you can flip through. Like I got to sit here and listen to this thing. Look at these, look at these traders on Twitter. Don't worry, Mike, I'm recording it. It's like, first of all, as if I'd ever delete the thing. <laughs> but secondly, these, you get these people, they, they, they're in the pocket of Big Mike. <laughs> and the can, beer can cracks right at the, he couldn't have timed that better. And now he's just going to say, Molly Shannon told me to enjoy this beer. She told me to enjoy it. I'm only doing what Molly Shannon said. Oh, yeah. Cheers wherever you are. 
Cheers. So yeah, so I uh I tell you though, man, I gotta start going. You know, I'm gonna start going Jordan eighty, uh, Jordan ninety seven on people. Cause like he turned into like a he was like a total bully in nineteen like he would just like you'd practice with him and he would just like scream at people in their like he was like meaner when he came back from playing baseball. He came back, he was like Do you know who Steve Kerr is, Mike? Like Steve Kerr played for the Bulls. And then Michael Jordan like was they in practice they were guarding each other and then Steve Kerr's like Michael Jordan's like shoving shoving him and then uh then Steve Kerr like shoves him back and Michael Jordan punches him in the face just like can you imagine that yeah what what did the guy do to to get punched in the face oh he uh, defended me in practice like uh I'm telling you man Yeah, now, uh, now I'm seeing these things in the pocket of Big Mike. In the pocket. That's the, apparently that's everybody's thing now. Everyone's in the pocket of Big Mike. Yeah, that was the other, with Steve Kerr. Cause this guy, Phil Jackson, for people who don't know, the Knicks are uh, like this clown team now, the New York Knicks, where they, they get like, they got like Isaiah Thomas, but not as a player. They get him as a coach. And then they get like Phil Jackson, but they get him not as a coach, but as a general manager. It's like they get people. Be like, if you got me and you got me and then uh, I'm there to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, I don't know, do what to, uh, change light bulbs or something. It's not my skill set. And as a sidebar, I want to say, I had to get this light bulb for my, uh, for a, a light fixture in my house. Couldn't get a normal one at a normal hardware store. Eventually had to go to a light place. I'll tell you what, man, these people at these light bulb stores, that is a, lighting stores, that is a weird, no, look, if you're dad or mom works at a lighting place or you do i'm sure you're great but it takes a certain level of patience to work at a a store where you can talk to someone for 45 minutes and then the final thing is that'll be four dollars because they buy one light bulb that will last for three years never been to a battery place and also, like, can I just say, with, can we, can we figure something out with fluorescent light bulbs that that is, can we just say that happened? Like, can we move past the whole concept of a fluorescent light bulb where installing it, you might as well, like, your eyes mean nothing. It's like, you, you feel like I'm, I'm cracking a safe putting one of those things in. Like, all it takes with a fluorescent light bulb, you just, reach up and just keep turning the thing until it lights up because it's like got the stems coming off and you're trying to get it to line up and but you can't see what you're doing with it because there's nothing it's 
How is that still like current? Like why? Why, why are these fluorescent bulbs? That's it's 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 uh, and this light bulb guy, super nice guy. But three years ago, same light lighting store guy screamed at me because I came in. Probably with a half hour before they close, guys like, I don't have time to figure out what that light bulb is. Well, your store's open for another half hour. Maybe we could use that half hour before closing to uh, figure it out. Okay, I blew a gasket. We blew, blew a light bulb. Look on this. like, But I went back in. That's an intensity these light bulb guys have. Got to give them credit. The weirdos of our society. Editors, light bulb salesmen. That's it. Those two. Editors and light bulb salesmen. No one else is weird. No one else is weirder. And God love them. I love all of them. I love the editors. Shaving a frame off here, shaving a frame off there. Staring at things. For 10 hours at a time in a darkened room. They make the world go round. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, Tom. Hey, who's this? This is Damien in D.C. Danny in D.C. What's up, Danny? It was Damien. Damien in D.C. What's up, Damien? Um, I was wondering if you saw on Saturday night the um, Game 7 of the Clippers-Spurs series. I did not see it. I saw the highlights later. I did not have a chance to see it. So you probably heard like there was like a crazy shot at the end that Chris Paul hit. No, I saw it. I said I saw the highlights. That was one of the highlights, my friend. Right. So I I was watching it live uh, live on TV, and I saw the shot, and it was like a big... To do, and I was like really enraptured by the series, so I kept watching it to see like the post game interviews and stuff. Um, and everybody's sticking around, and Chris Paul's like tearfully embracing Tim Duncan mm-hmm. and hugging all kinds of like Clipper people. Yeah. And the whole like scrum you see at the end of a big game and a big series, and whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still watching it, and then to my like surprise and horror, Chris Paul just falls into the open arms of Billy Crystal. Yeah. Billy Crystal. So I didn't know was that the game. I know that he's like. Big Clippers uh, guy. He look. I'll, I'll look. Guy goes to a lot of Clippers games. He's seen a lot of bad teams. Billy Crystal, guy, guy, guy. He's there. He deserves to see them. Uh, their their moment of glory. But I'll say this: really, get out of the first round. You guys are crying. <laughs> get out of the first round. That's a that's. That's not what it's all about. It's not getting out of the first round. Got to go the distance. Like Jordan 97. I'm going to start Jordan 97 and people punching him in the face, screaming at them, belittling them, because we're, cause we're trying to win it. But that's what I, this, yeah. The, the, look, I, I guess I'm rooting for the Clippers. As, uh, I'm not a huge Rockets fan. Yeah. And I would, the Clippers, I would, could see, I would like to see them keep going. But, uh, holy moly with the, the, the act like you've been here before. Yeah. You're, 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 you're crying your eyes out. You, you made it out of the first round. 
You're supposed to make it out of the first round. At home court. They're supposed to make it out of the first. I wasn't supposed to go to seven games. I mean, it was the Spurs. Spurs are good. No, Spurs are great. But you're supposed to be greater at some point. True. Yeah, but Billy Crystal. But look, more power to him. <laughs> Guy who was at the game, they won. Chris Paul they, goes over. Those two deserve each other. I'm not a big Chris <laughs> Paul fan either. Chris Paul is the Billy Crystal of the NBA. Wow. And those, uh, all those commercials with the, uh, where he's wearing like a Groucho mustache or something. I don't even pay attention yeah. to those things. What's he doing in those? He's like, it's, uh, it's like his clone or something? Basically, yeah. He has a long lost twin who is an Allstate insurance adjuster, which is a fine profession. But for some reason, upon discovering each other, they like decide that they're equals. Like one's a multimillionaire, you know. Yeah, then I saw one, then I see one where he's like accusing him of identity theft or something. (laughs) Like suddenly it's like, let's get some, uh, and I've seen people online do this. I'm, I've talked to, uh, uh, Bethlehem, uh, Scholes, the the guy Mm -hmm. behind Free Darko and, uh, he's gone deep into the Chris Paul, uh, commercial logic trying to track the universe of that thing. And it's like, like, I, I don't know if you get there. I think it might be like, uh, 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 what's that, what's that movie, Mike, the David Lynch movie that Lost everybody Highway? analyzes? Well, like, yeah, like well, any of them. Lost Highway, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lawnmower Man, Ventura <laughs> Boulevard, any of those movies. You can go deep in any of them. I've never seen that one, the, the Hollywood one. Mahondra? I thought it was Ventura Boulevard. Um, you sure that's yeah, not what it's I- called? I'm not. I'm not totally clear, but it is possible that Chris and Cliff Paul are actually like doppelgangers engaged in like um, an insane death dance in like a David Lynch way. I didn't really consider that could be like the end point of the Allstate campaign. All right. Look, you, you stayed on hold for 95 minutes, so I'm entertaining you a little past your expiration date because you called <laughs> at 9:01. And, (laughs) but thank you, uh, for the call, Damien. Who are you rooting for? Who do you think is in the finals? Um, I guess I think that it's probably the Warriors and the Cavaliers, but the Cavaliers, of course, lost, uh, Kevin Love, so they might. Yeah, they'll be fine without that guy, that crybaby. (laughs) That guy. That guy, I don't like, I don't like that guy. Mike Love's nephew. Right. Which I actually feel like, this, here's something weird. Kevin Love is, you know, you play is, is degrees of separation. Takes two moves to connect Kevin Love to Charles Manson. True. Kevin Love to Mike Love, Mike Love to Charles Manson. It's easy. That's a, it's way too low <laughs> to get, it's for an NBA player to get to Manson. I agree. But Kevin Love can, two moves. One person separates Kevin Love from Charles Manson. His uncle. And that's a flip of a coin, which one you'd rather hang out with. Mike Love or Charles Manson? Yeah, that's not even a cool beach boy. And that's, you're saying it's not even a cool beach. None of the beach boys are cool. (laughs) That's the nerdiest group ever. They were called the beach boys. Just imagine the day you're like, well, we're going to do this for more than eight months and we're still called the beach boys? What? (laughs) And they were going to change the name in the early 70s to beach. Like they wanted to change the name of the band to Beach. 
I'm not sure if that's, that, that would have been hilarious. It would have been very now. Beaches, right? Been called Beaches. Yeah. Very chill wave. No, thanks, young man. Very chill wave. Thank you. <laughs> have a great night, young man. You Best show, you're on the air. Oh, hi, Tom. I got one for the topic. The topic being mold, Tommy. Yes. This is Nicholas from Montclair, and Ooh. I have a suggestion for you, a sartorial one. Um, have you ever considered not wearing, wearing a polo shirt? No, I never did. Sorry. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on the Ben Sherman shirts. No. I was wondering if you've ever considered going the route of big buttons. What? Big buttons? Big buttons. Like, you know how bands now they put out like the, the inch and the half inch buttons? Oh, have you I see. I thought what of you're like saying. going like the old big Beatles buttons or like we need Adlai Badly or like. Carter Mondale, Eddie, you know, like big buttons. Interesting. That actually, do you think big buttons are coming back? I think they sort of came back with like the garage revival, mm -hmm. like around like 07, 09 with like Rainy Sound and Capture Tracks and bands like that. And I don't know if I see it so much anymore, but I still think it's a good look. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll make a big button. Ask me about the best show, right? Yeah, would you? That I was going to ask, would you customize your own big button, and what would it say? I guess it would say, "Ask me about the." Well, how could I not customize it? Is there like a temple, a default one? Well, you just go. They're, you go to these. All stores. buttons are custom, aren't they? <laughs> well, they're custom to someone who made them, but you go to these vintage stores, and there's just boxes of them, and oh, you just yeah. shove your hand in a box of rusty. Okay, well, first of all, it, 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 don't just stick your hand in. What are you? Go slow with that. You make it sound like you're sticking your hand in a mouse trap. There's not a particularly safe way to do it. I'll right, put well, it that you go, way. go take one button at a time. Just kind of extract them uh, operation style. All right. I, I will be more dainty standing at the thrift store bucket. Bye. Look, bye. hey, you don't have to. I don't care. Not my hand. You want right. you want to you want to uh, go crazy? Stick your hand in it like it's uh like you're reaching for uh uh what what would you even reach for like that? What what would you reach? I would say bobbin for apples. You don't use your hand for that. Um, like you're reaching into a Halloween uh, uh like you're trick or treating. No. Yeah. You, you want? Well, um, I like how you said yeah. You're out of here. Best show. You're on the air. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Hello? Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Oh boy. Oh, you don't. You you don't know how fast you said it. You, the first thing you said was, "Hang on." Oh my! I'm, my apologies. That's I'm, all right. No, I'm no, no, no. Okay. What's your uh, look? Relax, son. What's your name? Uh, I, this is John from Portland, Oregon. John from Portland, Oregon. How'd you like that Molly Shannon uh, conversation? You know, that was a great interview. That was a really good talk. Um, She's great. I, I'm not usually the kind to talk about this, but I used to work in a coffee shop in uh, L.A., and she was a regular. Mm -hmm. Really cool customer. That's nice. Yeah. But now you're in Portland. You went from L.A. to Portland. Yeah, I just, you know, wanted to get to the... Couldn't cut it in Lipstick City, huh, industry. man? Couldn't cut it I'm in sorry? Lipstick City? Uh, that's right. They They rode me out on the rail. What neighborhood did you used to live in? I lived in Alhambra and then Koreatown. Creatine? What? 
Uh, Koreatown. Kor- oh, Koreatown. No, Koreatown is said, the bodybuilding. No, district. oh, I know what it is. I thought you said you <laughs> lived in Creatine. I was like, what a weird note. You lived in a GNC sp- uh, sports center? Oh, that's right. The main export is uh, whey protein over there. Do you think those dudes in GNC can fight? Do you think? Or do you think they just have muscles? Like, dudes who are ripped, it doesn't mean that they're good fighters necessarily, right? Right. I- I've never actually seen guys, like, fight like you see in the movies. It's always, like, organized cuddling. They just grab one another's shoulders and... Yeah, there's uh, no, there's push. nothing. Yeah, there's nothing more boring than two guys fighting where they're just like because they're just like grappling. Yeah, well, come on. Just trying to like they're what are you trying to flip the guy? Square oh, off. Right. He, they live style. You can't turn over. You guys want to get into it? Let's get some they live action going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Five feet between you, fists up. Rocky Five street fight style. Remember when Rocky fought his protege in Rocky Five? I haven't seen Rocky Five. Just um, I've only seen Rocky Four. Wait, that's the only Rocky movie you've seen? Rocky Four? That's the one. Oh, that's insane. You saw the worst I... Rocky movie. Is the only one you you think the Rocky movies stink? I, the only I Rocky do. movie you saw had a robot in it. <laughs> and that was the highlight. How did Paulie's robot not make the top 100 fictional characters of all time? Wait, did Paulie's uh, robot make it? Paulie's robot didn't. It got bumped, I think, at one point. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's crazy. So uh, what, what can I do for you, young man? Well, uh, Tom, I was actually calling because I wanted to ask you about Dandet. I didn't know where to start, and I saw you mention him in a Pitchfork article. Yes, there was a Pitchfork article. You know where you start? You, just, you go anywhere you start with that stuff. That's crazy man music. <laughs> sure. There's the one. I like the one with the painted my teeth on it. I like that album. Okay. Just try that one. If you don't like it, okay. yeah, man, Jandek wasn't for you. I don't know who Jandek is for. Might not be for I'm, might not be for Jandek. Jandek might not I don't be. Know. You think Jandek I, listens, I listens to, to Jandek? First album, and I, uh, I was like, I think this is for me, and I'm not sure what that right. says. Well, it's just. Uh, I'll say this, man. That dude blew it by uh, showing his face. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, not not really a good face, or did it? Well, no, he was mysterious before. You actually cultivate a thing where nobody knows what you look like, right? Then suddenly you're like, "Here I am." Some dude with a hat shows up. Oh boy! Wait, that's what we were <laughs> like waiting if, uh, for. If Thomas Pinchon came out of the woodwork and yeah. said, "The only way yeah, you'd want to see any, if Thomas Pinchon showed up, the only way you want to see him show up is if he's got a like some kind of mask on now, right?" You know what I mean? Like a sack tied around his head like uh like uh uh the scarecrow in the superhero comics. Or like the uh the unknown comic. Yeah, like that, like a well that I think he actually did that on The Simpsons, didn't he? Didn't when when Thomas Pinchon appeared, didn't he have like a paper bag on his head? That's right. Well I'm gonna say I feel like anybody who's created a persona where you don't know what they look like, if they're gonna show up you can't just show up and have a normal face. Mm-hmm. 
you got to do you, something. You got to have a passion. You got to find the next gear with that thing. You know what I mean? Because if you aren't public, and then suddenly when you're going to show up, it's like Thomas Pinchon should show up. He should show up in like a uh, giant uh, Chewbacca costume or something, right? Right. Be like, hey, I'm well, in that'll here. Be partway through episode seven, Chewbacca pulls off his mask, and, and there he is. You go to like a, a book reading. Thomas mm-hmm. Pinchon will be reading from Against the Day at at Barnes and Noble tonight. And you go, and Chewbacca walks in. Chapter one, and he reads the whole thing, four hundred <laughs> hours, and you're like, "Yeah, this might be." I kind of liked it better when we didn't know what this guy's deal was. He's now, now is he trying to do an approximation of a Chewbacca voice. No, he's just doing his normal reading voice. He's got a microphone set up in there. Okay. Doing the Chewbacca, doing in the Chewbacca thing, reading unabridged versions. Like, if you go to a book reading with him, he reads the whole mm-hmm. book. Oh, jeez. And you can't get out. It's like an est session. You get locked in. That sounds right? harder than they those sl- Marvel movie marathons. They sl- yeah, those Marvel movie marathons. At this point, it's more of a marathon to read the articles about the Marvel movie marathons. <laughs> it's like it takes <laughs> longer you- to read the 48 pieces of writer. I, th- I think those movie marathons sold out because writers went to it. Yeah. People doing it as a stunt. Like, those would have been right. empty I, if it was just fans. It's just guys who were writing for blogs bought all the tickets. We were all at the Marvel Movie Marathon, and you won't believe what happened next. Well, let me get uh, what happened next is they probably showed uh, Thor 2 next, is what. I can actually figure what happened next because it'll take me one, I'll go to one website and it'll tell me the order of the movies. You're not supposed to watch now, 29 hours of anything. Right. Oh, I was seeing see, they showed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I started losing my mind. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're in a movie theater for 29 hours. Yeah, you haven't seen the sun. Yeah. Now, did you did you see Avengers 2? Can you imagine watching 26 hours And then building up to that? Movie? Yeah. No, yeah. I can't. Look, I didn't see it yet. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited about it. All my heroes are in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then some. And then some. And then Mike, like, slow it down. Molly Shannon's not going to give you a ride home. You might want to <laughs> slow it down. <laughs> Just because she told you to enjoy your beer didn't mean you had a designated driver. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. She's got blood on her hands now. Oh, stop it. You're out of here. I don't like that either. You don't talk that way about Mike. Mike's like the Sean Bradley of this show. Only only the hometown fans get to boo him. <laughs> I went to a Sixers game once when Sean Sean Bradley was this guy who was seven foot six and he uh was super skinny and the Philadelphia seventy sixers signed him. They drafted him in, in one of the NBA drafts and passed over a bunch of really good players instead of him. But they went for instead of them, they went for him. And he was a guy who played like one year of college basketball or two years and he was terrible because he was seven foot six and weighed like 180 pounds. And he, um, 
But then he would play these games and they'd boo him. And, and when he, but I saw him, the Philadelphia fans were just like, boo, boo, boo. And then he, uh, then a guy on the Hawks like shoved him. And then suddenly they're like, hey, you don't, that's our guy. Hey, sh- you can't shove Sean Bradley around. Suddenly they're like, who are the guys screaming at him? saying what a terrible human he was five minutes ago now you're now you're rallying behind your hero man that dude that dude was like uh, Eddie Geidel I feel like if they left when when that one team signed uh, that guy uh, who, the Eddie Geidel who was like a little person who was like and he played baseball for one season. And uh be like if they signed and they just kept him on the team. That's what Sean Bradley was. Weird novelty. Guy couldn't play. Dudes love to dunk on that guy too. Imagine that. You dunk on a seven foot six guy. What that must feel like. I wish I could dunk. I tell you, I said it. I'd give five years of my life for one in-game NBA dunk. In-game, game-deciding dunk. And I get to dunk on like a good guy. You know what I mean? I don't want to dunk on uh, Spud Webb. Best show, you're on the air. Hi, Tom. This is Jefferson from Texas. Oh, Jefferson. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. How are you, Tom? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm still laughing at this picture of Sean uh, Sean Bradley. I've never seen this guy before. Somebody like in the chat likened him to a praying mantis. That sounds about right. Kind of, yeah. Look, and the guy was tall. I, I, that's how he was born. I, I You know, it's not... Inherently funny. It's just funny that an NBA team would choose him because they, I guess they thought potentially it could revolutionize basketball, but then it's just like, Mm. yeah, you just got a garbage (laughs) player. I had something quick for the topic. What do you, the topic being mold, Tommy. What do do you have that, that I can do or, uh, to, to improve myself or to get smarter? Tell me, Jefferson. I feel like you'd benefit greatly from reading, if you haven't already, uh, any comics by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Like what like comics? Phonograph, like Phonograph, or I think there's there's two volumes of Phonograph for their Young Avengers run. It's it's comics that are basically centered around pop music, and I figured you'd dig it a lot. Okay. So Phonograph, is that what you're recommending to me? Yeah, Phonograph and Young Avengers. All right. I might check it out. I'm going to check something out this week, and then I'll talk about it next week. I appreciate it, Tom. Well, thank you, money. Best show, you're on the air. Good evening, Tom. It's Angus in Edinburgh. Angus in Edinburgh. Yes. You've called before. Pardon? You've called before, and you're calling again. It's nice to hear from you again. 
That's, that's, thank, thanks. That's very nice. Uh, I've got one for the topic. What do you have for the topic? I have some uh, deep-cut, early 2000s uh, British comedy suggestions for people. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so, I think you're a big fan of Armando Iannucci, but I don't think many people have seen his shows called Time Trumpet or the Armando Iannucci shows, which was a sketch show. Well, I've seen both of those, my friend. Uh, I've okay. been there. I've done that. Close the book All on right. it. Watch the DVDs. <laughs> have Enjoy you seen it. Monkey Dust? I have not seen Monkey Dust. I think you're making things up now, but I have not no, seen... So Monkey Dust was a BBC Three, and then went on the BBC Two series from about 2002, partially animated. Uh, that's quite good as well. I suggest people watch that. But I have some Radio Four comedy suggestions as well. If we're going to get really sad, now tell me what Radio Four is, so I can understand. Because here <laughs> we have a million and one radio stations. Okay, but when you're in England, <laughs> oh, the United Kingdom, or Scotland, or Scotland. You have a choice of what are the the, the t t t teach me the difference between the different BBC radio networks. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, to a sidebar for this, I grew up in a place where you've got one radio station and it was a country music station. But in general, in the UK, you have BBC Radio One, which is uh, Zane Lowe uh, and very popular. And uh, a lot of electronic music, and it, it, it's uh, okay sometimes. There's been some good bands on there. They have good live sessions. What station was John Peel on? Which one was John Peel on? Radio One. This was a while ago. Okay, yeah, but he's no longer with us. So the, the station that's most like what John Peel did, or or continues, you know, to be played on Radio Six, which is really good. Okay. Uh, but you've got Radio 2, which is for middle-aged people, plays a lot of Phil Collins. Radio 3, which is purely classical music, no adverts, all the time. Uh, Radio 4, which is purely uh, talk, current affairs, or comedy, or the cricket uh, sometimes. And Radio 5 is for racists to call into. For racists to call in? I, I, I think mainly racists. That might get me in trouble if, I don't know. I think mainly racists. I'm pretty sure on that. Like what, National Front dudes? <laughs> uh, I would say more the issue with this country is immigrants because of immigrants, immigrants. But not, no, I, I don't think National Front. Okay, but like hate, hateful. Uh, Small-minded. Okay. We're in an interesting... Uh, I don't want to go on about the election. Um, but Radio 4 has like really good comedy on it occasionally. That's where Armando Iannucci started. That's where Chris Mars started. Mm -hmm. Um yes. So there's two things on there I would recommend to people who like really focused and well-written comedy. There's something called Bigopedia. Bigopedia. Bigopedia with two eyes. Uh, it was a two-hour, uh, two-season, half-an-hour show uh, on Radio 4, and it's the audio version of Wikipedia, but very, very well edited, very funny, very dense. Okay. And uh, that's from, like, one of the guys who wrote On the Thick of It, Jesse Armstrong, Matt Kirsch, and does some voices. People that some people have heard of. Uh, and then before that, in, like, 2001, 2002, there was something called The Sunday Format, which was an audio newspaper, uh, which is uh, done in a very similar style and very good as well. The Sunday Format. Yes. Well, Angus, you, my friend, 
In America, we have a thing called baseball. And <laughs> in baseball, you hit a home run. And you that. did the call equivalent of a home run. So Thank you very much. It would be like in cricket when you throw the cricket ball at the stick. You That's guys throw exactly what if right. you throw a ball at a stick? Yeah, uh, so cricket isn't that popular in Scotland, but uh, my dad uh, played it, and I quite like it because it's incredibly boring to watch. Mm -hmm. So it gets kind of hypnotic after a while. Yeah, it gets sleepy, make you sleepy. So like, we have a thing I mean, here where on, on Christmas Eve, people watch on their television a fireplace. Sounds okay. stupid, right? Well, I mean, if, you, if that brings a family together. Yes, but I think people watch it because it's... Relaxing and hypnotic. Uh, in Britain, we have the tradition of one of our biggest soaps, Someone Dies, around about Christmas time, almost exactly for Christmas Eve. Someone Dies on a Soap Opera? I'm pretty sure. That's, it's either Christmas Eve or New Year's, New Year's Eve, but it's almost... It's around the festive period. You know, what show? Day. What show? EastEnders? Uh, correct, yes. Okay. I'm, I, I'm not a fan. I don't watch. I'm just vaguely aware. All right. Well, Angus, thank you for the call. I appreciate not it. No problem. You have a grand evening. Same to you, sir. Thank Best show, you're on the air. Hi, is this the host? This is the host. Uh, uh, my name is Tom. I'm not just the the host. Oh, yes, yes. Tom. Let me see if I'm, if I'm saying this, this correctly, this last name. Snorflornington? Torf Norpington? No. Is that right? No, no, it's uh, Sharpling. Oh! Oh, is that Swiss? No, 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 that's not Swiss. Arabic? No, not Arabic. Hungarian? <laughs> no. Samoan? No, it's not Samoan. Estonian? No, it's not it. American Samoan. No. Hmm. Say it again. Sharpling. Oh, it's Australian. No, it's not. Mexican? No, it's none of those. Stop it. Gotta be Irish. No, it's not. Oh, it's Austrian. It's gotta be. That, well, that's it's, settled. It's, okay, well... No, but you're closer, but no, it's none of those. Who Okay. Who is this? My name is Adler Lansingdon. I'm calling from Upper Newbridge. Adler Lansingdon. Lansingdon. Dun, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, Adler, what, what can I do for you tonight? Look, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Bee Gees fans all over the world have been losing their collective crotch marbles and love purses these last few months over several heretofore unknown songs by the Bo Gibb that have been mentioned on your Cub Scout radio show. Yeah, you know, there have been a bunch of callers uh, over the last couple months who've, who've mentioned these Bee Gees songs that I've never heard of, and they'll sing like a snippet, and the songs, like the lyrics seem... Really out of character uh, mm. for for what I know the Bee Gees to be. Yes, that that's the word. And and th there's one that I guess is about one of their ladies getting it on with Roger Earl from Foghat. Uh huh. That, sound, that sounds amazing. 
I've heard a portion of that one, sure. Yeah, um, but I'll tell you one thing I, I am certain of is that i got to get a hold of these songs before Lorden does. Who Who is Lorden? Lorden is my older brother. Um, he runs the Mirror Image Talent Agency. Mirror Image Talent Agency. I don't know what that is. You're joking. No, no I'm, I'm, I don't know what the Mirror Image Talent Agency oh, is. Oh, okay. Well, see, um, Mirror Image is a talent agency for tr- tribute bands and singers. It, it's actually the biggest one of its kind in North America. Okay. Um, I mean, those bands, the tribute bands are, that's like a, that's like a, a big deal. And I actually just saw one, uh, I was at a friend's 50th birthday party mm-hmm. and he's like a super huge Rolling Stones fan and his wife surprised him and hired a band called Sticky Fingers. Oh yes. Yeah. Lord and Books them. They're good. Oh, they're okay. Good. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, uh, they, you know, better than Tattoo You, but not as good as the Toxic Twins. Mm-hmm. And those are other uh, Stones tribute bands? Uh, duh. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's like, it just seems obvious is all. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just, I was asking, I kind of assumed that they were, but... Okay. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to bust your bees. I'm sorry about that. Anyway... Lorden books all the big Stones trips. He does like uh, uh, Beggar's Banquet, uh, Some Boys, Goat's Head Soup. You know those; those are the top three big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, he he also does you know pretty much every big tribute band that there is for every every major band. Wow, he books them. Yep. Like, yeah, like um, like Sweet Emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, you've heard of them, right? Sure, Aerosmith. Uh, Dirty Deeds. Which uh, is ACDC. Waterloo. Uh-huh. That's uh, uh, ABBA. Yeah. Um, one of his biggest ones is uh, Sheer Heart Attack. It's like, is that a queen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, who else? Led Zepp again. Uh-huh. Uh, one of his bigger, newer ones, American Idiots. Is that a, it's a Green Day band? It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know the big one, kind of is the the, the flagship, big uh, you know the, the the first real big money maker of the rock era for for him was um, the Back Doors. The Back Doors. Yeah. Is that a Doors band? What do you think, Tom? Um. Again, um. Well, I mean this this one's not a hundred percent certainty. Oh no! It's a tribute to that that huge band called The Backs. Okay, All I'm right. sorry. I'm just I'm on edge. Yeah, I mean I'm. We're just having a conversation here, I know. and you're I'm sorry. you're so aggressive. I know it's with not it. cool. I gotta uh, I gotta take I gotta take a timeout, right? Yeah. Well, Adler, give me a quick two two seconds. All right. So you want me to send you to timeout for two seconds? No, I send myself for the timeout. Okay, well, send Adler for two seconds. Adler, older or Adler? What was it? Adler. Adler. Okay. Adler, do if you're going to send yourself to timeout, go. I already ahead. did it. Oh, you did it already. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good now. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm back. You're back. Okay, good, yeah, good, yeah. good. So anyway, 
my brother Lorden, he, he's pretty much got the whole scene wrapped up. He's like the the Dale Carnegie of the tribute band uh, world. You know, his uh, actually his business card he even says that that he's the Dale Carnegie of the tribute band world. Yeah, it's got a picture of a robber baron with his face on it, and the robber baron is wearing an Angus Young outfit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty striking image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds pretty dramatic. Yeah. Anyway, that's why it would be such a coup for me to get a hold of these BG songs that no one's heard yet. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and all these people were talking about on your show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not exactly sure why you getting these songs is a coup when it comes to this uh, tribute world. Well, they're not for me, silly weasel. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-huh. No, they're for BG's Wiz. Oh, okay. Wait, what is BG's BG's Wiz? BG's Wiz. What is that? Well, it's like a play on G Wiz, right? Okay, BG's BG's Wiz? Yes. Okay. Rolls off the tongue, don't it? Uh-huh. And that is a, what is BG's Wiz? That's a BG's tribute band that I manage. They're the best out there. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just, you know, being a proud papa. My Morris is really bald. I like the other guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, uh, you, so you work with your brother you're in the tribute band business? Good God, no. Who'd want to work with those farging ice holes? Okay. I don't know why you say it like that, but I also, so you wouldn't, so you're clearly you and your brother are not on good terms if you'd Mm. say that. Well, look, I, I did work for him for several years, but you know, I had to, basically I had to stretch my wings and fly like an eagle, like Steve Miller said, right? You know, I mean, he also said everything's better when wet, but that might be a topic for a later discussion, right? Ugh. Yuck. What? I not. We're, that's not going to be a later discussion. It's man talk. Okay, well, not with me, it's not. Oh, okay. Man talk. Lesson learned. Okay, yeah. No, no thanks. Okay. Uh-huh. So... What was the name of this band you manage? BG's Wiz. BG's Wiz. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So that's your that's your thing, managing BG's Wiz. Well, that don't be so dismissive. That's just one of the bands I manage. I have a whole stable of exciting bands and singers. Okay. Like what what other what bands do you manage? Oh, uh the Football Smiths, uh KO Computer, uh Rush to Judgment, the Filthy Beatles, uh who else? Uh Van Helen, uh Skid Robo, the Bleach Boys, uh Grateful Dorks, Elderly Katy Perry, uh Motley Cure. Motley Cure. Um mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, can uh, you, what what do Motley Cure do? What is that? Well, um Motley Cure is the best of the cure. And the Molly Crew, played by the same band. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that those are so that's the that's your roster? Oh no, there's there's a lot more. Uh, who else? Disco Sabbath, uh, Peanut Butter Lincoln Park, Fat Weezer, the Food Fighters, uh, Punk Floyd, Toddler Minutemen, uh, Church Police. Um, Can I ask you about Toddler? What Toddler Minutemen? Oh yeah. 
And what what is, what is that? Uh, t- toddlers who play the music of uh, San Pedro, uh, agit punk rockers, the Minutemen, which is some of the most complex music going. Right. And toddlers are playing it. L- look, I'll be honest; they can barely make it through ack ack ack. Okay, so yeah. they can't even make it through a cover. No, no, urinal's cover. Mm-hmm. That's saying something, right? Yeah, it's a 30-second song. Yeah. Um, well, who else? Uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers, uh, American Leonard Cohen. Well, Jer- Jerry and the Pacemakers? Mm-hmm. But the Jerry and the Pacemakers is a real band. No, this is Jerry and the Pacemakers. Okay, what is what is that? Well, we have a Jerry Sandusky lookalike uh, running, a, you know, kind of one of those Mersey beat bands. And during the show, he makes a uh, big vat of of, uh, of paste in the floor, Tom. Ugh. Yeah. That band can't be popular. Well, I'm getting there. Who <laughs> else? Uh, Violent Maroon 5, um, Elton's John, Hot Dog Corrosion of Conformity, um, Political Britney. Political Britney. Mm-hmm. What is what does that what is that? Well, you know how everyone loves Britney Spears and she you know, her thing is very like kinda of like vapid pop music? Okay. This is actually uh imagine if you will, what if Britney Spears did like a political rant in between each song? Okay, so same songs mm-hmm. but then just like a like a screed of Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, like a Jello Biafra type stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Against Walmart, against bouncers, against. Uh, she even does one against Jello Biafra. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Says he ruined hardcore. Uh huh. So political Britney. Yeah. Um, uh, Bong Jovi, uh, Ugly Robin Thicke, uh, Mexican Craftwork, Pancake Little River Band, um, Cannibal Cops. Pancake. I'm sorry. Pancake. Little River Band. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can only imagine what. In fact, I couldn't imagine what that is. It's more like what are they called? Dioramas when you you made them as a kid. So it's kind of like it's not really a band. It's basically you hear the music a Little River Band, and each person in the band is kind of just a pancake on a sheet. It's a very low cost show. So very high. I can't. I, I can't yeah. wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, who else? Cannibal Cops, uh, Bodybuilder Bob Dylan. <laughs> Bo- you could- Bodybuilder Bob Dylan. It's like a ripped Bob Dylan. The weirdest thing. Just, just. Pardon me. Oh, like a ripped Bob Dylan. Well, he works out while he's he's performing too. Uh huh. He's, he's doing mucho rips. While doing, is there a certain era of Dylan he does? Desire. What? Just the just like that era of Desire. Yeah. Okay. And he, he, he's got a Scarlet Riviera who's uh, who's also doing reps. Okay. While playing the violin, her violin actually is a weight. It weighs three hundred pounds. So she's wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ukulele circle jerks. Uh, Bob Weird Al. Not sure what that is. Oh, that's um, that's a guy who does funny accordion versions of Bobby and the Midnight songs. Which is the Bob Weir side project. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Prince. Prince? Mm-hmm. So you, Prince, like, I mean, but Prince is a real act. Like, that's the the name of the, the 
original is Prince? Well, technically, no. It, it, it's a it's a it's a guy who does the songs of Prince, but he's wrapped up in newspaper. So, you know, there's newspaper print on the on the on the newspaper. So it's 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 Prince. P R I N T S. Prince. Yeah. That's a rough one. Um, who else? Funny Slayer, the Canadian Bangles, uh, Sax Pistols, Black Todd Rundgren. Um, <laughs> my wallet fell in the sewer. Oh, my goodness. That happened to me the other day. It was like it. so frustrating. I gotta stop having my desk over a sewer grate. Well, that sounds so dumb. Yeah, that's bad. That's think. that's bad feng shui. It is. Yeah, um, it sounds like one of your bands, Bad it, Feng Shui. It it really, I like sounds, that. I'm gonna sign yeah, that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, who else? Blind Pavement, uh, the Hawaiian Velvet Underground, uh, Fart. Okay, what is Fart? That's a heart tribute band that consists solely of what I just said of what their name is. Okay. Yeah. Um, who else? Underwear, Kansas. Underwear, Kansas. And I'm assuming it's the band. It's a tribute to the band Kansas. Yeah. Remember how the, big those guys were? The dust in the wind and yeah. carry on my wayward son. Yep. And the underwear part of now under- imagine them just wearing underwear. Briefs. Okay. Who else? Uh, Canine Queen, uh, Nude R.E.M., and um, very excited about one of my latest findings, Reggae Toby Keith. Wow. Well, that is, I got to tell you, you got some roster there. That Wait till you hear the Filthy Beatles. The Filthy Beatles. I think you'll love it. They, they, a couple of their best songs, I think. It, uh, I love I love their version. It's it, uh, Their version is actually, I want to hold your... Yeah, I had to bleep you there. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. You could really you can't say that on the show. Okay. Well, the the one that brings the house down is my long and winding. I had to bleep you there too. Oh. You. Just you know, I'd love to get um, uh, Skid Robo on your show. Someday. Yeah, because there's a few, there's a bunch you said there that I mm-hmm. I asked you about a few, but a few other ones I gotta just like. Hmm. Um. Well, Skid Robo, tell me what Skid Robo is. We know the band Skid Row, right? Mm-hmm. This is a same thing. The mm-hmm. music, the great songs of Skid Row. Only mm-hmm. the drummer is a um, uh, does a tribute to Robo, the drummer for Black Flag and the Misfits. Okay, that sounds it's exciting, isn't it? It sounds maybe less exciting for oh. than but then well, I guess it's, it might be exciting for some then. Okay. What was the Smiths one? Oh, the football Smiths. What is that? It's the Smiths, but they dress up as football players, American football players. Are they like big guys? Oh no. So it's just it like guys they look they have the same hairstyles et cetera, as Morrissey and Johnny and uh, but they just happen to be on stage wearing mm-hmm. football yeah. jerseys. Yep. Okay, I'm not. I don't get the connection there. But oh. was there a, there was a, a Radiohead one? Oh yeah, uh, Ko Computer. Okay. What's that? 
Well, it, it, it's the music of Radiohead, but uh, it's it's performed in a boxing ring, and the guys actually beat each other up during the songs. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, tell me, you got to tell me, your your this roster is so fascinating. Oh, it's great! I can't wait for you to hear Violent Maroon Five. Their their song it's a take on the classic song, but theirs is Moves Like Dahmer. Moves like Dahmer. Yeah. So it so it takes a song and then makes it more uh, like about uh, a mass murderer. It, it does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to mention my my latest signing. My I, I'm 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 I don't want the other bands to know this, but I'm most excited about this. I I, I probably can't say the name, mm-hmm. but I will spell it. Okay. Okay. It's a P I S S. Yeah, I'd rather you didn't get okay. into Well, they play the worst of Kiss. Okay. All right. So, like, what what do they do? If you well, they, see they them? cover everything from love theme from Kiss to I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll, and all the all the baddies in between. She's mm-hmm. so European. Is it my charisma? Stuff like that. <laughs> so they just play the worst Kiss songs. They do Cadillac Dreams. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. The street giveth and the street taketh away. Okay. So Murder in high heels. So they're just doing exciter. Uh huh. Yeah. Does Hooligan make the cut? Oh yes, yeah. They uh-huh. open with it sometimes. Because that's that's a that's a bad one. That's a Peter Chris song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he says terrible. I remember the lyric being something like, uh, "I got a forty-five something on a like a 45 chassis on a 55 frame that's it can't even spell my name that's right yeah oh man and that's as dumb as it gets you got some pipes can you play the drums i i can't well he can't either so i Uh think you're i'd love you to try out well well i i don't think i am gonna do that what was the slayer band you mentioned oh funny slayer funny slayer yeah what is funny slayer well, they'll, you know, like say they'll get in, you know, like a quarter of the way in into um, Rain and Blood, and then they'll stop and they'll do like three minutes of crowd work, and then they'll jump back into it. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm then, gonna and then the blood showers everybody with the. Okay. Love. Yeah. And I'm gonna regret asking mm-hmm. about this one, mm-hmm. but I'm going to. You mentioned an act called Black Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Uh, the, what what is that? It's exactly what it what I said what it sounds like. Okay. Well, that's ter- that's a terrible name and it's I that's... I didn't okay. make it, it up. Well, it you I did make it up. Yeah, okay. Well, it's, I put it, it together. It's, Should I not have done that? I'm not nuts about that one. Okay. And uh look, I could talk about your roster all night. Was there a Robin Thick, ugly Robin Thick, yeah. Tell me about ugly Robin Thick. He, he's troglodytic. Okay. Yeah. But does he sound like Robin Thick? No. He wears a suit though. So it's a guy with a suit. Yes. Doing Robin Thick songs. It sounds fun, doesn't it? Does he do them well? No. Not really. Not yet. Does no, I feel it, bad about this. Wait till you see Mexican craft work. Uh-huh. 
I think you'll like that. What's the deal with Mexican craft work? Well, you know, it's 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 the same concept, but they have songs like El Autobahn and uh, El Mundo del Computer. Okay, so so they're craftwork songs in Spanish. Yeah. Uh huh. This ugly Robin Thicke is. Does can I just ask you something? And sure. you might not even know the answer to this. Sure. Does does the guy who is ugly Robin Thicke even enjoy doing it? Oh no, no. See, I have something on him, so he has to do it. And he can't. Yeah, I caught him with. jar of Nutella balsa wood well I, I just bleeped you about five times oh you did oh yeah okay yeah well you're I gotta this roster of yours is something else and you're I, I can't believe I, I don't even understand the appeal of a kiss cover band that just plays the worst Kiss songs. That sounds like the worst hook I've ever heard for a for oh, a, but, a tribute band. But I didn't tell you what they do at the end of the show. They do something very interesting on the audience. <laughs> on okay, nope. And I'm guessing it goes along with the, their name, which you spelled. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. I don't. Nope. I. uh not for you. Not, not for. I don't know who that's for. Um, and I, I can figure what it is. Right. And so much of the stuff you've said seems like either like merely bad or like almost like pornographic. Hmm. It, it just. What what kind of audience could there be for any of these bands? Well, that's actually why I'm calling. See, I've done extensive research on this, and I discovered that your audience is considered perhaps the most unhinged in radio. So basically, it was a no-brainer that I try to tap into your audience of mutant sick Fs. Hey, mutant sick no, they're, they're not unhinged, the people who no. listen. There's good people listening to this show. Look, the facts are clear. It's neck and neck between you and anything Opie and Anthony related for most troubled listener status. Oh, no. It is, and I'll tell you what. What? Your show scored a lower L rating than the Grease Man and Tom Likas' audiences combined. An L rating? What is an yeah. L rating? Oh, that's your um, loathsome quotient. Okay. Yeah. See, basically, they present 15,000 of your listeners with the Minnesota depravity questionnaire, and then they see how it shakes out and how everybody, how all the audiences stack up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is some good news. Okay. Your audience did not finish last. Oh, well, I mean, I would, I would hope not. I mean, la- not last. Right. Let me let me look at this here. Um, yeah, they scored five points higher than Jim Bob, uh, Jim Bob, Daisy Duke, and the Retarded Possums listeners, and six points higher than Nazi Pete's Island of Stupidity's audience. 
Oh, and seven points higher than the audience for Farting Frank's Toilet Gulag. So that's not bad. Those are the worst names I've ever heard. Yeah, they're not good shows. No, but, it's offend. That's offensive. These, well, but that's, also that's that's what's on the radio now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, you're miles away from the show whose audience uh, shakes out to be the most high class and the most cultured of all the radio audiences out there. Uh huh. And and uh, I can probably guess what that is. That like uh, what what show is that? Well, it's a show called uh, Brother Ron's Real the Best Show. And I'll tell you, it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. This guy is a, is a crack up. He does this thing called the Joe Show. Yeah, I, okay, okay, yeah. I know what the Joe Show is. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Do you do anything like that? Cause that could yeah. really help you. No, I did that. And then he took it from me. Brother Ron is my brother. Tom, that's a bad look. That's a really bad look to just have that kind of jealousy brewing within you. Oh, stop. You know, it's, I know the truth here. I'm not going to debate it with a guy who books, um, who makes his living booking uh, football smiths and ugly Robin Thicke. So well, don't judge him till you see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm never going to see him, and I, I think I can kind of judge that one without seeing it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The way you described. Look, can I? What? 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 Why are you doing any of this? Uh, um, well, you know, Adler? It was well, Adler, right? It is, yes. Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm doing it. I'm driven. I'm driven to have the groups that nobody else has. Mm-hmm. And I need to show the world that I'm the tribute band king, not my GDMF of an SOB slash DS of a BLing brother. Man, you really do not like your brother. Why, why, where, this, where is all this hate coming from? I'll tell you where it's coming from. I'll tell you why I hate him. Why? Look, I I didn't fly like an eagle out of the nest. He ran me out of the family business. Your brother ran you out of the family business? Yes. What 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 family business? Mirror image, you cobnobbler. Okay. Have you been listening this entire time or not? Open your ears, jackass. All right. Take it take it easy with the jerky boys. Uh Quotes. Oh, that actually reminds me. I need to get with my Jerky Boys tribute act about some uh, potential dates in Western Maine that had just come up. What it, What is the name of your uh, Jerky Boys tribute act? Well, actually, it's it's just a Kamal tribute. It's it, it's called Kamal's Camel. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Well, basically, he does the act on, on a stuffed camel cigarette pack. Kamal on a. On a what? A stuffed camel cigarette pack? Like a pack of camels. Yeah. Well, that's, I was going to say that's the most offensive thing I've ever heard. Right. But now I'm going to say it's the, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Maybe you're the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Ever think of that? Well, I don't care what you think the dumb. I get, look, I'm not getting in, in, into it with you. I have a very, very low opinion of you with this. Oh. You're, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not opening that door. I don't care what you think of me. 
I just, I'm more interested in this. You were saying that the agency your brother runs was the Mm -hmm. family business. Yeah, it is. Okay. And you're, you got shown the door? I did, yeah. Well, um, see, my family has been booking tribute acts for centuries. So it's it's been in the family that long. Centuries? Yeah. For tribute bands? Yeah. Like how, how does a trip, okay. I don't, I don't, I did not know the tribute bands have been around since the, since for centuries. Oh yeah, my great 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 grandfather Leopold founded Mirror Image in 1782. It's been going ever since. That's so 1782. This mm-hmm. that's that's a, it's insane that a tribute band agency was formed in in 1782. Maybe you're insane. Okay. Uh, Anywho, look, mm-hmm. his first big client was um, a man named Antonio Ringotti. Okay. And and he's considered to this day he's considered the greatest Mozart tribute artist of all time. And pe- people s- still speak his name in sounds that are not loud. Okay. I wish there was a more attractive way of saying that. Sounds that are not loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, there's not though. No, there isn't. No. Um, so, so your, I, I, your great, 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 however many greats grandfather, mm-hmm. yeah, booked a Mozart tribute act. He did, and this guy was considered a god back then. He was way better looking than Mozart. And I'll, I'll tell you something: men wanted to take him quail hunting, and women wanted to see the insides of his breeches. Ugh. Yeah, I don't. Well, oh, man, yeah, he so was a hit with the ladies. I'll tell you, this guy laid waste to Muff. No, no, uh-uh. That's oh, that's terrible, terrible. <laughs> Just calling like I see it, right? Yeah. Anywho, okay. Mozart hated Ringotti, mm-hmm. but he did give him credit where credit was due, and. Mozart said, and I quote, this cat does my S hit better than me. That's for damn sure. But that's how Mozart said it? He did, yes. Yeah. You're sure he rolled damn to damn? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, so he actually, okay. He did. I, I actually have the scroll it was written on. Okay. Yeah, you see... Music magazines were written on scrolls back then, and this was in, I think it was the August 1783 issue of the Vienna Music Connection. There was a, okay, there was a music magazine, the Vienna Music Connection. Yeah. Was that like a monthly, mm-hmm. a monthly scroll? Yeah, yeah, and it would have all the club listings on it, too. So it was like the Aquarian yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Less um less pencil drawings though. Okay. Yeah. So the there was okay, so the, it, all right, you ha- you have the original scroll. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And and so but over the centuries Mirror Image has handled a mega plethora of tribute artists ranging from uh Beethoven, Wagner, uh Schubert, Mahler up to Edith Piaf, Stravinsky, Caruso, uh, Jelly Roll Morton, Chocolate Roll Morton, uh, Glenn Miller, 
Louis Armstrong, Miles Davis, all the way up to current artists, like uh, this one great uh, tribute act that I've actually stolen and I've kind of retweaked, uh, Diana Kroll. Diana Kroll? No, Diana Kroll, C-R-A-W-L. It's, a, it's like a Diana Kroll uh, act. Oh. She, just, she crawls around the stage playing a little uh, handheld keyboard. Ah, that's weird. That one's just weird. Yeah. That can't be popular. I don't know. I haven't sent her out yet. Uh-huh. But anyway, you know, I, I, I became persona all gratin because I broke the uh, first commandment of tribute act booking when I was at Mirror Image. What, what, uh, the first, what, the first commandment of it? Yeah. What is the first commandment of tribute act? Uh, well, booking? it's never pass the tribute off as the real thing. Okay, and you did that? No! How dare you! Well, look, you you said you broke the commandment. Then why were you kicked out? I had a magic eye thing on a poster of her credence. What's that? I did a magic eye thing on a poster for a credence Clearwater reimagined concert. Why? What what does I don't even know what that means. You know ma- the magic eye books where you look at something long enough in a certain way, it, it it reveals like a different layer to the whole picture that you didn't see when you first saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the name of the band I was repping, Creedence Clearwater reimagined a tribute to CCR. Uh huh. But when you stared at it on the poster long enough. It did say reimagined and not Creedence Clearwater Revival. But if you didn't do that thing where you blur your eyes, right? what did it say? It said Creedence Clearwater Revival, but technically it did say what it was. I can't help it if people didn't stand there long enough doing the magic eye. But anybody who just takes a, a quick glance at the poster thinks that Creedence Clearwater Revival is playing the show. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's that's pretty low. Well, and I also had all original members written on it, too. But when you did the magic eye thing, it changed to what it really was. What's that? No original members. Well, that's like, that's criminal. Well, there's a third part. No, what's the third part? I also had a photo of the actual CCR on it. Uh-huh. But when you did the magic eye thing, it revealed them to be the ugly, fat loads of Creedence Clearwater reimagined that they are. Oh, that's terrible. That's really uncool, Adler. There's another layer to this that's oh. even worse. Would oh. you care to hear it? Um, I would love to hear it. Well, I booked this act into Madison Square Garden. Uh-huh. Oh, the, I, it, I can only... I. My stomach is actually in a knot wondering. It was mine. How? Let me just. I know, okay. I know how well, it turned well, out. You know, let me just ask you. Uh huh. I'm just imagine. My stomach is in a knot, and all uh-huh. I'm imagine. What I'm imagining right now mm-hmm. is a packed arena, sold out. Realizing, I'm picturing it doesn't get worse than a, a packed arena. Realizing that they've been hoodwinked. What happens when it, when a packed arena gets very upset? Uh-huh. 
and and they know they can't get their money back. What do they do? Um, if they can't get their money back, yeah. Well, I guess they could lose control and like start and, throwing and stuff. What, and what breaks out? Uh, uh, a riot. Yes, yeah. That that's what happened. That that occurred. And then, what's the worst possible thing that can result from a riot? A lot of destruction. What's even worse than that? Uh, I mean, like injury or what's worse than that? Death. Yes, there uh-huh. was one of those. There was a death. There was. My Stu Cook was killed when someone drove the Madison Square Garden Zamboni over his head. Oh. Yeah, it was gross. Oh, my God. I couldn't sleep for a day. Well, that's not that. that that's not exactly being scarred by it. Well, so you lost. I sleep, I sleep very soundly. So you had a bad night's sleep, but one bad night's sleep over it. Got a, I got like six hours max. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Really uh, rocked by that. I, I was. and but, but the worst part is the agency got sued for millions, and then as a result, I, I got ass canned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to say, that is 100%. Well, first of all, it's super disgusting. And they were totally within their... Oh, hang on, hang on. What? Hang on. Yeah, Adler here. What? Look, do you want to do this or not? Well, then you better get those buns to that doctor's office pronto, you ingrate. I'm sorry about that. What what, what was that all about? Uh, Well, long story short, the drummer in Rat Trap, my Boomtown Rats tribute band, he's getting cold feet about having his face redone to look more like Simon Crow. Who, Who is Simon Crow? You have a radio show, and you don't know who Simon Crow is. Uh-huh. No, I don't. Simon Crow is the MF drummer for the MGGDDSing, Boomtown, Pee-Eating Rats, you juvenile buffoon. Okay, I'm sorry I don't know who the drummer from Boomtown Rats is. It's the Boomtown Rats, not getting the game! Uh-huh. So you're trying to make a guy get plastic surgery... To look like him so that he can be the drummer in a Boomtown Rats tribute band. All the other guys did. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess it's up to that guy if he wants to do it and has, you know, if he has cold feet, he's he's the one altering his face. Oh, hold hold on. Wait, what is that? I'm, I'm coming. Hang on. Great great grandfather Winsforth is in the driveway. He's honking for me. Your great great grandfather. Yes. <laughs> How old is your great great grandfather? One hundred and fifty-four. Why? My God, he's one hundred fifty-four years old. He is, yeah. But he he's you know he's got the mind and the body of a hundred and twenty-five year old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, he's and he's driving around. He is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's impressive. Right? <laughs> I'm coming. Hey, what, what is that? Is that a second? 
old-timey horn? Great-great-grandpappy has two horns on his Model S. Okay. Model S came before the Model T. Okay, okay. I'll take your word for it. Great-grampy. He's taking me out for ice cream and skin flicks tonight. Oh, that's terrible. You know that's terrible, right? Oh, I'm coming, great-great-grandpa! Wait up, please! <laughs> oh, I dropped my hamburger! Oh, no! Oh, and he hung up. There we go. There we go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That guy. What do you think of some of those bands, Mike? What? He likes it. Tell you, worst thing that could have happened is Molly Shannon. Mike's Mike's going to be vindicated now with this guy. With with this guy because of what she said. I want to tell you all about a band. How do you say the name of this band? It's S-W-I-V-S. Is it SWIVS? Because it's capitalized. Or is it S-W-I-V-S? Either way, they've got a new release out on the Unblinking Ear label uh, called Free Period, Free Period, Blood Money. And we're going to hear something from that new collection right now. Was that uh, Swivs or S-W-I-V-S? I don't know. That's what happens when you capitalize the name of your band, man. I ain't sure how to say it. But that song is called The Enabler. And you can check that out over at unblinkingearrecords.bandcamp.com Good stuff. Good stuff. The best show. The home of the good stuff. That's what the button should say. The best show button. The guy was saying to do a big button. It should say, the best show. And then in quotes, the home of the good stuff. Would you wear that button, Mike? Probably. Mike's already backing off. Can't get this guy to wear a button. Because if uh, Molly Shannon told him to wear it, he'd wear it. And the phone number 201-332-3484. We've been talking about molding. Uh, the topic has been mold Tommy on the... That's the hashtag. Few things you guys should know. Uh, there will be a, uh, a Nashville, the people of Nashville, Third Man Records will be hosting a live show from Sharpling and Worcester on May. 
And if you were in Nashville, I'm telling you, man, do not miss this thing. I don't know when we're coming back. Who knows? But I'm telling you this. We're doing a show in Nashville. It's going to be great. It will be recorded for an album, a live album, on Third Man Records. Do not miss that. May 16th at the legendary Third Man Records. Do not miss it. It's going to be so much fun. Tickets are selling fast. It's going to sell out very shortly. We're in the home stretch. Almost sold out. Get your tickets. I don't want to hear. I tried to get tickets and it's sold out. How can I get them? Okay, well, they were on sale for you, you goons. You goons, you had a shot. You blew it. Just like what's-his-face, Motorcycle Man at the end of Easy Rider. We blew it, man. We blew it. Is that what he said? Easy Rider. I don't think I'll ever see Easy Rider again. I think I'm done with that. Do I ever need to go back to it? Nah, I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? No, I'm sure Jack Nicholson's good in it. Look, Jack Nicholson's good in it. If I want to see Jack Nicholson be good in something, there's plenty of stuff for me to watch. Wolf. I could watch Wolf. He's good in Wolf. You ever see Wolf? You're not a fan of Wolf? Mike Nichols, Wolf? Man, that dude, uh, Mike Nichols, he direct, he directed stuff like he, uh, like he had a gambling debt. Like he was, he was in the hole. He, he directed like, uh, like he was, uh, oh boy. He'd just do it. He was Jordan 97ing it, 97ing it. Just do it. And for him, it was film whatever script they send to my house. That's what I gotta start doing. I start to write, I gotta start, I, I don't know, I, I look at where I'm at with this stuff. This show will never win an award. Never be in the mix for these things. Why am I not speaking at classes? Why am I not, why am I not on college campuses? I swear, there's a class at Princeton. There's some class on like, I gotta look at what this thing was. I, I, I saw this class description and I'm like, wait a minute. You know I'm, you know I'm here in New Jersey. It was like, it was like a class on, it was like a, let me type in Princeton University. Was it a? It's like a class on podcasting or something. 
I'm telling you. I saw some, there was some class I saw where I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. I'm here in New Jersey. These clowns don't invite me to speak to the class. That's what you eggheads get, man. That's what you drones get. No street smarts for you drones. No street smarts. I got more street smarts than uh, Frank Nicotero. Than a hundred Frank Nicoteros. Can somebody find me that class? There was like a Princeton class I saw. I was uh, dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. So I went to Los Angeles. Ah. Uh, last week we did the best show from Los Angeles. I stayed at, uh, I stayed in Studio City. I mixed it up. Stayed in Studio City. Sportsman's Lodge. Crazy old Hollywood place. It was awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Walked out of my balcony. So peaceful. Next night I walk out on my balcony. So peaceful and serene. Next night I walk out on my balcony. And the balcony next to mine has four dummies on it. And the one guy sees me come out. First thing he says to me is, Hey, you want to smoke some pot? Like, how do you know who I am? It's either the that's the most generous or, and it's foolhardy though. What if I'm a marshal, bring the guy in. Yeah, you're distributing weed, bringing you in and all your buddies in there. I'm not saying I would, I'm not siding with somebody who would do that. I'm just saying, you don't know who I am. That's the first thing you say. And then they did, they would not stop. They were, they were so loud, those dimwits. So then I did the only thing I knew how to do in a matter like this. I looked myself in the mirror. I said, Tom, you be be an adult about this. You face this the way an adult does. And then as I left the room, I walked past their room. And I flipped their door hanger sign from do not disturb to service, please. I handled it like a like an adult. And then I did that the next day also. I flipped their sign again so the cleaning staff walked into their rooms twice. That's how you handle things. Like an adult. Mike went to the WFMU Record Fair and he brought me a present. 
Mike's like, I got an album for you from the record fair. And I'm like, okay. And then I open this bag. They seal. I said, the first thing I see is it's written on the on the uh, on the bag. It says sealed. Oh, it's sealed. What is it? Oh, it's the original motion picture soundtrack to Deep Throat Part Two. And then I said to Mike, "Who bought the who? Like what? What? What demented listener bought this?" He's like, "Yeah, I bought it." It's like, yeah, I bought it. I got Toddophonic Todd to throw in five bucks toward it. I'm going to read the sticker. I want to read. I'm not going to read all. The sticker's filthy, so I'm not going to read most of it. But here are some of the highlights of this uh, packaging. 180-gram LP, of course. Nothing but the finest. Uh, It has an 18-by-24 fold-out poster. Liner notes by Ron Jeremy. There you go. He, they contacted him, asked him. I would love to hear the conversation where the people at Light in the Attic Records, the label that reissued this, when they reached out to Ron Jeremy to say, Hey, Ron, you know about this whole vinyl uh, thing? This vinyl's back? You know about uh, how... Uh, Kids have turntables now, Ron. Well, we're doing a deluxe repackaging of the Deep Throat 2 soundtrack. And we'd love it if you wrote liner notes for it. Speaking of Los Angeles, one time I went past there on Sunset, the Sunset Strip. If you've ever been to Los Angeles, everybody knows the world-famous Sunset Strip. Which is like a giant trash magnet drawing garbage people from the surrounding areas to drive up and down that street. It's where the entourage opening credits, uh, not opening credits, uh, well, yeah, some of the entourage uh, credits and so much of the show when they show people driving in cars is filmed on the same two block stretch of Sunset Boulevard. And uh, and there's a Hustler Superstore on the Sunset Strip. Right across from the Rainbow. Right near where uh, the Whiskey A Go-Go is. And I see out front, because they have a coffee shop in there, naturally. Where else would you want to go to get a nice cup of coffee? Other than the Hustler Superstore. So they have, uh, you know, the way coffee shops will have these umbrellas out front and people sit, customers sit out there, enjoy the sunshine. I drive past there, I see Ron Jeremy sitting there drinking a cup of coffee. Out front, under the umbrella, on Sunset Boulevard thus creating the most on-the-nose moment in the history of mankind. And you know that they they try to dissuade him from doing that. Ron, there's a coffee bean two blocks away. 
will pay for your coffee. Can you go to the the coffee bean, please? And you people not in uh, Los Angeles are probably saying, well, what's the coffee bean? Well, imagine Starbucks with disgusting crushed ice and weird powder flavors instead of syrups. And then you have the coffee bean. I was talking to people today who were complaining about the crushed ice. And look, I, I still love it, though. I go, I'm in Los Angeles. I go to Coffee Bean over and over with that crushed ice. You, you'd think I'm at a movie theater drinking coffee, iced coffee. Just imagine Ron Jeremy waddling over to the Hustler Superstore and ordering his coffee. Taking it out front. Ron, can you drink this one inside? Nah, I'll go out front. Maybe I'll see David Faustino out there. Donnie Most. Cato Kalen. My bros. That would be the best Ocean's Eleven remake. Jeremy's Eleven. Ron Jeremy, David Faustino, Cato Kalen, Robert Blake. Back to the phones. Best show, you're on the air. Hey there, this is Melanie in Fort Lauderdale, and I have a suggestion for the mold Tom subject. Melanie in Fort Lauderdale. How are things in Fort Lauderdale tonight? Pretty all right. It's been raining a lot, which is much better than the usual sunshine and everything. It's nice to get a little rain, right? Once in a while? Very rarely. You know where it doesn't rain a whole lot? Where? Southern California. You ever hear that song? By Papa Stroke? I don't believe I have, no. I think it's by a guy named Papa Stroke was the name of his act. Well, you know it never rains in Southern California. Good, it's a 70s song. You'd, you'd love it. So Melanie. I'll definitely have to check it out. No, or not. Or you can, you can very well go the rest of your life never checking it out and nothing, your life will not be one molecule worse or better than it is. So you have something for the topic. What do you have? What will will improve uh, me? What what, what can mold me into a better person? I think you should get into the comic American Splendor by Harvey Pekar. Oh, I've read plenty of issues of American Splendor. Huh. Yeah, I like it. It really is good. Does everybody like it, though? Or are there people who don't like it? I think. There are people who probably don't know it or just know the movie with Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I like it. Oh, look, I think sometimes yeah. he ran out of ideas a little bit and he would, late issues of it, sometimes it was uh, Harvey Pekar talking about uh, licking an envelope would, would be a three-issue storyline. 
Yeah, definitely. But, you know, he got pretty up there, 80s or something when he passed away. It's great. Look, I'm telling you this. Guy like that, that's an all-timer. All-timer. Definitely. Hall of Fame. It's all you can hope to do if in this in your creative life is leave behind something like American Splendor. Then you made your mark on the world. I completely agree with you. Oh, I'll never know what that feels like, Melanie. I'll never know. Not with this, uh, not with this, uh, the, this uh, ripped camping tent called the best show, right? This thing ends. They really oh, throw in the dumpster. They throw in the dumpster and it's gone. Next thing you know, Michael being here. Michael, take the equipment. He'll be in here. They're doing some, uh, doing his, uh, porn cast. AP Mike's porn cast. Right? And my, all my condemnation of Ron Jeremy, that'll be his co-host. He'll be flying him out on my dime. Right? He'll cheap out on my funeral so that he can get an operating budget so that Ron can fly back and forth in business class. You think Ron Jeremy flies business class? He's, I think I'm, he probably does. I'm saying he's coach. Or one of those yeah, Southwest. Like so. You think you? How many times do you think Ron Jeremy has done that standby thing where you like take the later flight and you get like air, <laughs> air, airport credit? <laughs> I'll do he it. Probably does it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not people who sign up for, but when you get to the airport and yeah. like, oh, do we need anyone? We need someone to do standby. Yeah. Well, hi, every, uh, everybody. Uh, this flight, this flight is oversold. And if anybody would be willing to, uh, take a later flight today, we will give you $200 in, we'll give you an upgrade and $200 in United Airline, uh, miles. And, uh, if you'd be interested in this, come forward. And then you see Ron Jeremy coming forward. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll go hang out at the Hudson Books. The Hudson book employee. Oh no. Did this guy do another six hour? He bump his flight for six more hours. He's going to be in here. He's going to, he's going to be in here reading, uh, uh, the Atlantic. Make myself Maybe comfortable. Maybe catching up on the trade public paperbacks. Yeah. He would, he'd probably read uh, rich, but dad, poor dad to buy one of those <laughs> almond, ba- almond Snickers bars. Those weird oh, almond those. Snickers. You know the yeah, ba- you never see them outside of airports yeah, for yeah, some the, reason. The beige wrapper, you know. Who doesn't want a candy yeah, bar? Mmm. Totally. I wonder if that's his I wonder if it's the, the taste sensation that that beige candy bar wrapper is uh tempting me with. Yeah, that that stuff those are like airport only candy bars. Yeah, it's such a weird gen of candy. Yeah, then you buy one, you're just like I guess I'll mix it up, get a almond thing, then you eat it. You're like, oh, that's why they only sell it. Why they only sell it at airports? I'll tell you yeah, this. Exactly. I'm gonna tell you this, Melanie. I took the red eye back. When when will I get it through my head that the red eye does not work for me? When when will I get it through? I, I always think I get these periods. I'm just like, ah, I take the red eye back. I'll sleep on the plane. I get up and I have the whole day. No, what happens is I don't sleep on the plane. And then I get off the plane and go home and then fall asleep as if, and then my sleep schedule's off. Yeah, getting... the exact same happen- thing happens to me back when I used to have to go from here to Seattle pretty frequently over the year. Yeah, now I'm, well, first of all, it's a little braggy. You're going to 
Seattle a lot. What are you, a uh, internet pioneer? I went to school there and I came back here to visit family. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to withdraw the braggy thing I accused you of. It's all right. Well, thank you for the call, Melanie. I hope uh, you no, have a problem. grand summer. Is is Fort Lauderdale? Does that get too. over? You made it through spring break, break, right? Right. Is does it does that get overrun? It's not as bad as when we were Fort Liquordale, quote unquote. Okay. But it can still get pretty raw. So the town kind of ran the kids out. Yeah, they really shut that down back in 2004. So the mayor got on the TV. I was talking about gay bathroom stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do this. And that was the centerpiece of the news for weeks and weeks. The mayor got on TV and talked about gay bathroom stuff? Yeah. Like, hey, don't do these things in the bathroom. These are public parks. For blah, 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 blah. That must have been the weirdest press, like the idea. I got to get on there. And do the gay bathroom speech. Make sure all are all the are all the Fort Lauderdale channels here. Are they all here? Him doing his third draft of his gay bathroom rant. I mean, imagine burning the midnight oil to produce that. You're yeah. some intern in the office. This is your first big project. Yeah. And that's what you have to produce? It's like West Wing, like a Rob Lowe type guy writes the speech. All right, Mr. Mayor, I'm going to read you the speech. Here's the latest draft. And they're, read, they're, they're reading the... His... his oh, I don't even know. That sounds... Only in Florida, right? Yeah, exactly. Only in Florida. Or Actually, anywhere. in this part. Yeah. Do you know, uh, it's not Miami, so it doesn't have the pizzazz. It's not yeah. Palm Beach, so it also doesn't have the pizzazz. It's just the everything else. Yeah. You ever hear that guy Fredericks who calls? I don't believe I have, no. He lives in a town called Newport Ritchie. Uh-huh. Down there. What's Newport Ritchie like? Uh, that's Central Florida or something. It's like a whole other world. But what, do you know what it's like? He, he won't ever give me a, some insight into, uh, into what it's like. Central Florida, it's just, you're driving around a lot. There's a lot of orange fields and timeshares that used to be orange fields. Mm-hmm. And people that just feel weird. weird. And then oh. if you get around the Orlando area, they have Wawa's. So it's, you feel out of place. You're in the super hot heat. You're sweating a lot. But there's mm-hmm. a Wawa. There's Wawa's in Orlando? Yeah. That's the like you could lo- go to Disney and Wawa on the same day. Well, that is a pretty good day, right? You get totally. a uh, you get a shorty, and then you head over to Disneyland, Disney World. Sorry. Yeah, I, I always get them confused. Yeah, go to Epcot. Well, thank you for the Epcot call. With one of those sandwiches, no yeah. problem. Load up, get old Logie from a Wawa sandwich, then you walk around uh, Epcot Center for eleven hours. Right? right? That's what dreams are made out of. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure that's what how Walt Disney uh, envisioned it when he was making his notes. He probably drew a picture of a Wawa and then a family walking it through Disney World and uh, 
just sitting on a park bench and wondering how they why they came to Florida for vacation. Yeah, just right in the swamp as the contractors are all working out. He has this beautiful vision. It's <laughs> the giant dome thing, the arcade they put in there with all the pretty good but old arcade machines and some great pinball, mm-hmm. Space Mountain, and then the Wawa right outside. Yeah, but when Walt Disney drew it, those were future machines, right? Right, totally. Walt Disney's drawing a thing. He's like, and then someday there will be a pinball machine based on those New Yorker cartoons that Charles Adams does. <laughs> right? Like, what? Perhaps someday there may be a pinball based off of the second Adams Family movie. Yes, he was already envisioning a second Adam. Someday they will make a movie based off a TV show from those creepy cartoons that that creep does for the New Yorker. Thank you, Melanie. I'm going to take the rest of these calls because we're going to wrap no up the problem. show. You have a great night. Uh, you bye. too. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Best show. You're on the air. Hey, this is Kim calling from Las Vegas. Kim from Las Vegas. Yes. <laughs> What's up in Las Vegas tonight? Um, Very nice evening. Not too much uh, going on other than Cinco de Mayo, so that's exciting. Sure. Are you... Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite of the three Killers albums? You can tell me. <laughs> straight shoot, straight straight talk right now. Sam's Town, you like Sam's Town? When they thought they I were think... the E Street Band? <laughs> yes, it's a fine album. <laughs> Have you? Do, are you a are, are you a a lifelong resident of Las Vegas? Um, I'm a native, but I actually just recently moved back, so it's fun to be home. Mm-hmm. And when you came back, were you just like, I feel it in my blood? <laughs> right? Buffets. Which buffet did you hit first? Um, just a little local favorite, the Green Valley Ranch. Okay. <laughs> it's not very cool. Okay. Well, but you probably know that you know the ins and outs. You know Green Valley Ranch is the best buffet that true. Vegas it's has true. to offer. Indeed. <laughs> So what uh what what uh what do you have uh for the for the topic? Well, it's actually not for the topic. Oh, okay. I hope that that's okay. You know what? Yes, it is. Okay. It's actually about something that you and Julie Klausner were talking about a few weeks ago with the license plate of Dr. Music. Mhm. Well, for some reason that license plate really just struck me as the best thing ever. And I've been on the lookout for really great vanity license plates since then. Mm-hmm. And I saw one the other day, and I just thought it it was, you know what, a, a companion piece to Dr. Music. Sure. Which was um, a Dr. Cool license plate. Ugh, doc, with, with, with Nevada plates? Yes. yes. So there's a guy in Nevada who got Dr. Cool. Yes. Do you think there's a Dr. Cool in all 50 states? God, I hope so. So you saw you saw Nevada's Dr. Cool driving around. Yes, and now whenever I travel, I think I'm going to have to be on the lookout for all other 49 Dr. Cools. Mhm. Okay. Yeah, that would be that would be the coup if you collected all 50 Dr. Cools. 
in addition to all Dr. Musics, because mm-hmm. I'm hoping that there's another 49 Dr. Musics as well. I'm sure there are. I was in, when I was in Los Angeles, I saw, I was with uh, uh, Amadeo, my friend Amadeo, uh, and we uh, we saw a license plate that said, uh, said Emmy winner. <laughs> Which was the saddest license plate in history. <laughs> Emmy winner. That's pretty special. Do you think it was, um, didn't uh, your buddy W.G. Snuffy, didn't he win an Emmy? For the for the music for, for West Wing? <laughs> I don't know if it was for West Wing, but I think he won an Emmy, so maybe... Maybe you got to see your buddy. Didn't he do all the music for those uh, Adam Sorkin shows, Aaron Sorkin shows? I think so. W.G. Snuffy. (laughs) I always love those names. I always love when you see like a dopey credit like that. Like if you watch Better Call Saul, there's a credit on it where it's just like, post-production done it. Keep me posted. (laughs) And you're like, come on, guys. Act like act like you've been here before. Ditch the clever name. Emmy winner. Yeah, Emmy winner. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> that's someday when you walk into the DMV and you ask for Emmy winner. And then, well, I'll be on the lookout for one here in Nevada for you guys. <laughs> please keep an eye out. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Tom. Have a good night. Bye bye. Final calls. Final calls. Best show. You're on the air. Hey, Tom, it's John from Maplewood. John from Maplewood. Now, this is a quality caller. John, uh, what's going on tonight in Maplewood? Are the Uh, cicadas back? What's that? Are the cicadas back? The cicadas are back, and uh, it's, you know, it's beautiful out, actually. We've got the lilacs going, so it smells like, I don't know, like a Yankee candle should smell, you know? like They're not back. Seriously, they're not back, though, right? (laughs) The lilacs? No, the cicadas. Oh, no, it's a little early for the cicadas. Oh, yes. I mean, like, we're a few years off from that, right? Oh, you mean the ones that are, like, the 11, every 11-year 11 ones? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, those creepy ones. No, they're not around. They're they're not for a while, luckily. Those oh. are terrifying. Yeah, I can't ever do that. I, I will not be in New Jersey the next time the cicadas come back. Look, odds <laughs> are I'll be six feet under by the time of the cicadas. I'll be, they'll be going right past me, right? They'll be hanging they're out in my, in my tomb. They're harmless, but they look like they should be in like an Irwin Allen movie or something. There's just too there, there's too many of them, and they jump on you. Yeah, and they shriek. <laughs> oh, that's wait, then no, that's that's an eagle. <laughs> that was not a cicada. Tomato, 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 really. Yeah, tomato, tomato. Whether it's a cicada or an eagle, right? Very close. What's on um, your mind, John? Well, quickly, very. I didn't plan to talk about this, but speaking of Ron Jeremy and airports, okay. Um, I was uh, at an airport recently, and I was in a long line. Everybody trying to get gum and magazines before they get on the plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy grabs a Playboy from the shelf and comes over and cuts everybody, and says, "Look, just I got exact change. Just take the change." And the woman ignores him. Mm-hmm. Good. And uh, so he this awfully awkward moment where he's trying to get her attention. It's mm-hmm. like, look, I got exact change. Just take the, please take yeah. the exact change. Mm-hmm. And this line of people is just irate. Yeah. And it was just this situation where 
you know, it was a, just an awkward standstill, of, you know, time froze. And as, you know, as seedy as the situation might have been, you still felt kind of, I wasn't mad. I was, I felt mm-hmm. bad for the guy. Yeah. You know, being in the situation he was in mm-hmm. um, and just holding up all these people. It was just really awkward. But he got it. And then we got on the plane and he sat down like right next to us. <laughs> With his Playboy magazine. Yes, and I cannot figure out why he needed to get it at the airport yeah. before leaving. Why so, he and it was Ron Jeremy. It was not Ron Jeremy. It was not. No. Was oh well, that's not. That's half a story, John. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was. I just. Oh yeah, I guess I said. Speaking of Ron yeah, Jeremy in the yeah, airport, you're, you're building it up like Ron. You sat next to Ron Jeremy on a flight. I'm sorry. Then we would have had the answer of Does he fly business class? Does he does he take the bumped thing for the for the overbooked flights? I'm sorry, I didn't crack. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. A little false advertising, but otherwise, uh, solid story. Well, wait. So that wasn't the reason I called. Oh, I know. It um, wasn't. I, uh, I I I've been having a lot of trouble getting through because it's been you've gotten so popular. It's very hard to get through these days. Um, and I was hoping you could humor me and give me 15 seconds. To give you the responses to the the last three topics, the sure. Last Fifteen seconds. Let's hear it. Oh. All right. Fan, uh, I'm sorry. Fiction character Foghorn Leghorn. Okay. Not Worst a celebrity Not iPod. A What's that? Not a fan of Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, okay. Bugs Bunny's on there. He represents the Warner universe. Uh, I, I guess I'm a bigger fan of Foghorn. But worst celebrity iPod Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's would be pretty bad. A lot of uh, drowning pool. On there. A lot of drill. Yes, I Let think... Let the bodies uh, hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Right? I'm picturing System of a Down and the entire Woodstock 99. I tried to do the karaoke once. That was a, <laughs> that was an early flame out. I don't want to trust. I couldn't wait to get to that part. I forgot there's four and a half minutes of the guy going, Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You wanted to, and I couldn't do any of that. But I could just do the, I don't want to trust in my self-righteous suicide. I cry when angels refuse to. How long? How long? How long? Father, you have forsaken me. That was the best part. In my eyes forsaken me. Right? <laughs> but the other stuff, all that nonsense, getting in the way. Either I got to go to school on that song and, and study it and then do it at karaoke and people are like, how do you know that song? Well, last month I listened to it 150 times. <laughs> and then they're like, ooh, that's upsetting. Yeah. So You're a little too much. There. Okay, so that's worst iPod. Uh, and uh, stupid achievement! Uh, I won second place in a rap contest in Burlington, Vermont. <laughs> where'd you go? Where'd you go from Burlington after that? Brattleboro took your hip hop game to Brattleboro. <laughs> Moved on up to uh, Rutland. Up to Rutland. Yeah, I know Rutland. Yeah. Well, John, that is spectacular. Home run after home run when you call. 
Well, thank you very much. Except I, for I that first, except for that first uh, Wolf of Wall Street level uh, bait and switch with the. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call. You have a good night. Okay, bye. These are the final calls. No more calls, Mike. Anybody else calls, you tell them. That's why God invented next week. Best show you're on the air. Real fast. Uh, yeah, this is Brian from uh, Chicago. What's up, um, Brian? I was, uh, yeah, I got uh, something for the topic. What is it? Uh, I was uh, I was wondering if anyone at Steven Universe is trying to get you to watch cartoons. If anyone what the what? Anyone at Steven Universe has tried to get you to watch cartoons. It's tried to get me to watch them? I watch cartoons. Yeah. Oh, cool. Why would, they, why would they need to tell me to watch them? Well, I don't know. Sometimes cartoons can be weird. I don't know. My, uh, my recommendation uh, You think I just was, came out of a... You think I just came out of a, a, a time... Like a, a, a bomb shelter? I know cartoons are weird. I don't know. Right, you're out of here. You're out of here. Bring that thin soup in here, man. Best show, you're on the air. Hey, I've got a super quick one from old Tommy. Let's hear it. Um, there's a lot of great stuff coming out of New Jersey, but um, for great psych rock that really, really rocks, there's this band called Glazer that is so worth your time. Can you spell it for me, please? G-L-A-Z-E-R. They're actually playing some crazy show in mm -hmm. Brooklyn soon with John Glazer. It's going to be awesome. Okay, and what instrument do you play in Glazer? I, I, I knew that was going to come. I swear I am not in the band. I'm a fan of them. I play in another Jersey band, but 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 we don't matter. Glazer is what What's the you name of your band? Out. What's the name of your band? <laughs> I'm in a band called Party Tops. Party Tops? Yeah. What do you guys sound like? Uh, we call ourselves Sweat Rock. It's crazy rock and roll music. Hold on. I want to hear more about this. Sweat Rock? <laughs> what are you in the flesh? Is it flesh tones? <laughs> like, what kind of songs do you play? Cover songs? Do you have originals? No, no, it's all originals. Tell me about a, uh, tell me about a classic. What's the name of the band again? Party Tops? Party tops. What's yeah. what's the what's the go to song for the party tops when you guys want to do your patented brand of sweat rock? Uh, my favorite song by us is called Tacky. Tacky. Mm hmm. Look, am I going to like your band or am I going to not like your band? I I don't know if you will, but I I know for a fact you will love Glazer. They okay. we played with them before. They are the absolute best. I'm sorry to say this. I'm not going to listen to Glazer, but I am going to track down Party Tops. I need to hear your. I need to hear what Sweat Rock sounds like. Are your shows super sweaty? Do you guys like lay yeah, it all on the yeah, line? Yeah, it, it, we we really go for it pretty not, hard. And you don't do many shows, do you? I we we we're, we're hitting it as much as we can in the Jersey Underground scene. Well, that's not what I asked. I said you don't do many shows. You? I, uh, about four a month. That's pretty good. Thank you. Sweat rock. We're doing what we can. What's the longest song that the party tops have? I believe that would be the song Forgotten Death. Forgotten Death. Really? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna check you guys out. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thank you. I, 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 you might dig us, um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I just gotta say, Glazer's the best. That's what I'm calling him. For. Okay. I, I appreciate the, this. You know, maybe worked out for me. Probably not. But Glazer is so worth your time. I am gonna check it out. I'm very intrigued right, by this music you're, you're telling me about. Well, thank you, young man. You have a great night. Best show, you're on the air. Well, thank you. Final call, final call. Hi. 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 What's up? Sorry. That's all right. Hi, this Hi. is Critty. What's that? Hi, my name's Critty. Okay. Am and I talking I'm to a computer program? No, Sorry? Am I talking to a computer program? Um, no, that's my name. Okay. Well, you just yeah, sounded very, it sounded like as it was going, bidoot, 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 and you're like, <laughs> no, um, hi. My phone, was, my phone was charging, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> this is my first time calling, I'm a bit nervous. Well, relax, relax. It's fine. What's relax, up? We relax. only have a couple minutes, we only have a minute left, so. I know, I was calling, um, I was calling to uh, tell you my story about meeting Ron Jeremy. Okay. Um, which was when I was 19 years old. Um, is it clean? Is it, is this family friendly? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was at a, uh, sex here in Toronto. Um, okay. So you were at the Toronto sex po. I don't want to know. Called, I think it's called you, the Olive. Oh, get your pad, get, get your pad out, Mike. Make sure you take <laughs> notes on this. This is your future. <laughs> I was 19, um, but my friends and I all went. We were in theater school, so um, we thought it would be fun to go. And, yeah, he was he was taking pictures of people. And the only thing I really think was remarkable is that his skin is gray. Okay. It was, like, sallow and gray and terrifying. I have a picture. Can you send it to me? Yeah, I definitely can't send it to you. <laughs> you can't? I can, for sure. You can. Please do. I want to see this picture. I will. Of you and Ron sad. Jeremy. At it's this. a really sad yeah. photo, yeah. <laughs> All right. Please send it to me. I, I, I will. All right. Thank you. All right. You have a great night. You too. Thanks, Tom. Bye. All right. No more calls. No more calls. Best show's got to end at some point. That's why God invented next week. My friends. I want you to know. Sharpling and Worcester will be playing live in Nashville. May 16th at Third Man Records. Do not miss it. It's going to be awesome. Recording the show for a live uh, release. It's going to be great. We are also... There are also uh, Sharpling and Worcester posters for sale on at StereoLaughs.com. We're selling the remaining posters from the March, sold-out March shows that we did. Those posters are, when they're gone, they're gone. So get your poster now. If uh, And they're, they're nice. These are nice posters. Do not miss out on your chance to get them. They are signed by us. Stereo laughs. 
com. You want to support the show? This is how you support the show. You uh, you download it. You tell people about it. You write nice iTunes reviews. Got the box set out, numerogroup.com. Pick up the box set. You support the sponsors to the show. We got uh, uh, we had a few good ones tonight. Got uh, Merge Records. 20% off on uh, on all the stuff. On, on the new Michael Cronin album. MC3. You go to, you enter the code best show at checkout over at, uh, mergerecords.com. Got that. You got, uh, Pro Flowers. The code is Thomas. You get, uh, uh, 1999 for a bunch of, uh, 100 bloom flowers with a free, uh, free glass vase. Thomas is the promo code there. And, we will be back next week. And thanks to, uh, uh, oh, and you go see, uh, Molly Shannon's movie, uh, at the, uh, uh, Montclair Film Festival. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl over at, uh, Montclair Film Festival. And it's, uh, you gotta support, support that fest. It's good. It's New Jersey doing things. It's awesome. MontclairFilmFest.org. Thanks to uh, every uh, the people who made it possible for Molly Shannon to call uh, Tom Hall. Set that up. And we will be back next week. In the meantime, I'm going to end the show by playing something from this single that I really like a lot. By Don Muro. It's the song so nice, we're going to play it twice. The single called As Long As I've Got You on the Flannel Graph record label. Let's check it out and we will be back next week. Let's listen to this. Bye.